Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, Cody Jansen. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to a big-time episode of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, episode 23, brought to you by CSD Tires. It continues to be an unprecedented and crazy time in the world right now. The COVID-19 pandemic has caused plenty of stress and uncertainty in our lives. As I've said every week so far, our hope is to offer you some reprieve from the realities of the world right now and a respite amid the current climate of the COVID-19 outbreak. Since our last episode, we know that South of the Border has been rescheduled for October 17th and 18th essentially making it the finale, which means the Ironman Raceway event scheduled for May 23rd and 24th is now the season opener for the ATV Motocross National Championship Series. Fingers crossed that we're able to go racing by then, but it costs us nothing to be optimistic. If you're a regular listener, you know I'm a constant optimist and a glass half full kind of guy, so that's what you'll hear here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Big show tonight, we have plenty to talk about, and we'll be joined by stars of the sport, Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Ristrelli to do so. A lot of ATV talk happening right now, and it's our turn to weigh in. You may have heard about all the ATV versus dirt bike talk coming out of the Pulp MX show Monday night, the biggest moto media there is, and I love Pulp, but we have some things to discuss here. So that'll be a major topic of tonight's show, but before we get into all of that, let's thank all the sponsors that make this show possible. Thanks to our title sponsor, CST Tires, csttires.com. The Pulse MXR tire is the best tire on the market no matter what the terrain. Join the CST takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST tires, where passion meets the ground. Thank you to Motorsports Powerhouse and show sponsor Yamaha. We are proud to be partnered with the winningest manufacturer of the past decade in ATV motocross and the number one OEM supporter of ATV racing. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is Team Blue Crew. Thank you, Yamaha. Check them out at YamahaOutdoors.com. Thanks to another member of Racing Royalty and longtime sponsor of my personal efforts, Valvoline. For over 150 years, Valvoline has been dedicated to innovating and improving your driving and riding experience. The world's oldest oil company still leads the charge with unrivaled products and lubricants. Thank you to Team Valvoline for coming on board. We are proud to be partnered with Grip Gloves. Grip is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with a rider in mind and keeping costs affordable the goal. This Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity with eccentric colorways and crazy patterns, something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Gript is driven to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. Get a grip on life. Check them out today at GriptGloves.com. That's G-R-I-P-T-Gloves.com. And use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save. Thank you to SSI Decals. SSI Decals was a key contributor to Team USA's winning efforts at the Quad Cross of Nations, Joel Hetrick's 2019 Pro Title, my national championship last season, as well as Chad Whedon's program that tasted victory in Daytona. Simply put, SSI is the decal choice of champions everywhere. Their track record speaks for itself. Champions choose SSI Decals for unmatched look and quality. Thanks to those guys. Check them out today at SSIDecals.com. Thank you to DID Racing Chain and the 520 ATV2 X-Ring Chain. Team USA, Joel Hetrick, and myself all trusted DID's unrivaled chain quality all the way to championship victory this past season. Wherever you go, 
GoWithDID. Thank you, Namira Technologies. Namira, pistons with an attitude. Namira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side -side market since 2001 with their wide array of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits. Visit your local dealer or online at namira.com. That's N-A-M-U-R-A.com. Also, a big thanks to Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been the industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. Whether it's electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, suspension parts, or bearing kits, Bronco is your hard parts source when it comes to whatever you need for whatever you ride. BroncoATV.com. Thanks to 4Works Carbon for their continued support. Known for their hoods, seat covers, array of carbon parts, and so much more, 4Works is your one-stop shop to give your ATV a new and improved look for 2020 with increased function. New year, new look with 4Works Carbon. Head over to their social media pages or website today. Thank you to 4Works Carbon. Thanks as always to Evans Waterless Power Sports Cooling. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track. When conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Use discount code DIGGINGD20 to save at checkout, evanscoolant.com. Thanks to DP Brakes, the unquestioned leader in motorsports and power sports braking. DP has been the brand responsible for allowing Joel Hetrick, myself, and so many others to outbreak the competition every time we hit the racetrack. It's not too late to join the team, so act fast. www.dp-brakes.com Thanks to Blender's Eyewear, whose life and forward motion brand is the perfect fit to partner with our podcast. You won't find better shades for a more attractive price anywhere else. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 to save on the trendiest shades on the market, BlendersEyewear.com. Thanks to Oats Overnight. Life is hard. Make breakfast easy. Simply combine with milk before bed and enjoy your to-go breakfast in the morning. Overnight oatmeal loaded with superfoods, perfect for athletes. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout, OatsOvernight.com. Thank you, Mountaineer Brand. If you know me, you know I love my beard. That's why I treat it right with Mountaineer Brand's all-natural washes, oils, balms, and more. Use discount code CODYSFAVE in all caps. That's C-O-D-Y-S-F-A-V, CODYSFAVE in all caps, at MountaineerBrand.com. Thanks to Avocado Green Mattresses. We all know that sleep and rest are an important part of any athlete's routine. Avocado's line of natural mattresses provides exactly the support you need to ensure you perform at your best while doing the best for the planet. The Avocado mattress offers zone back support with an internal support unit, meaning whether you are recovering from a hard day of riding or relaxing on a Sunday morning, you will be experiencing next level comfort. With a 100-night sleep trial, free shipping and return pickups, and a 25-year warranty, getting your Avocado Green Mattress could not be any easier. Step up your sleep game by visiting avocadomattress.com. And finally, we are excited to announce our latest partnership with Roman Health. On average, how many days would you guess that the average American has to wait to see a doctor? The answer is 29 days. Americans are forced to wait 29 days on average to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform to connect you with a licensed doctor in your state from the comfort of your own home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy will ship your medication to you for free with two-day shipping at no cost to you. You also get 
free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have a question or want to adjust your treatment plan. There are no commitments and you can cancel anytime with Roman. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. From our new partners to our original sponsors, thanks for supporting the number one podcast in ATV racing and for making this dream a reality for both us and our listeners. We pride ourselves in partnering with only the best brands inside and outside of the industry so better your riding experience and your lifestyle by supporting the sponsors who support us. If you enjoy the show, the best thing you can do is support our partners. And if you're interested in becoming a partner of the show, shoot me a message or email today for more details. Once again, thanks to all of our sponsors. With that, let the fun begin. Get ready to dig deep into our topic of the night with two of the fastest ATV racers on the planet. MX versus ATV, the debate that will never end. Enjoy. Make no mistake, those guys go fast. Like it, it right. It's a completely different dynamic, but I remember when those guys raced. Uh, do you remember when 08, 07 or 08, I think maybe 07, they had the quad national the same weekend at Steel City? Yeah, yeah. Those guys were hauling ass. <laughs> For real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then at Steel City. Uh, I, I would need to check this out. I, I, I'm dead serious. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. And now, both brought to you by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATB2 X-Ring Chain. It's Phoenix Racing Honda teammates. First, let's welcome back to the show, Jeffrey Rastrelli. Thanks for coming back, pal. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to be here and glad to be uh, talking some racing and uh, with you and you and my teammate, Joel, here. Of course, man. And your reigning AMA ATB Pro Champion, Mr. Joel Hetrick. Thanks for coming on, pal. It's an honor. Thanks, Cody. I'm glad to be back on. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about, so let's get into it. Yeah, obviously happy to have you both. We went over some of the small talk stuff with Jeffrey last week, but Joel, how are things in PA? I hope that you and the family are uh, doing well during this kind of strange time out there. Thank you. Yeah, we've been doing well. We're just uh, staying at home as much as we can. I've been riding at my track here at home and uh, the weather's actually been nice enough where I've been able to road bike outside and get some uh, exercising outdoors rather than just staring at the concrete under, you know, in the basement. Okay. And what's the, what's like the, you guys got a shutdown going on out there or how is that? Uh, yeah. It's, Pennsylvania's pretty, uh, I don't know, pretty bad. They're, everything's mostly shut down. Um, you know, I, I they just shut down the schools for the, the rest of the remainder of the year today. And uh, I don't know. I thought it was kind of on the verge of getting better. And then they did that. So not really sure where, you know, what route that's going to take. But uh, we're just hoping, you know, it, it passes through so we can get back racing as soon as possible, of course. Yeah, for sure. So what's as far as racing goes then? I mean, what is your what is your game plan? Like, how are you navigating this downtime? And how do you kind of ensure that you're, uh, you know, ready to go when when uh, racing, when we are able to go racing? Oh man, that's the hardest part right now because, you know, there's no idea at all of when we can go back racing and with everything that's going on, you know, there's no one that can say, Hey, let's, let's plan for this. Like we're just waiting it out right now and hoping for the best and staying healthy. And, you know, that's the hardest part is since you don't know when you're going to race, you still want to continue to ride and, 
you're training, busting your butt, doing everything you can do. And at the same time, trying to not get sick from a, a pandemic that, you know, is across the nation right now. So it's just scary at the same time. We're trying to get through it and just be the best I can for when we do, you know, go back to Ironman and go racing. Yeah, it, that's exactly why I asked. And I kind of talked to Jeffrey about it last podcast was, I mean, you can't not continue to prepare but mm -hmm. you don't necessarily know you're for sure going racing six weeks from now. So yeah. um, kind of a, kind of an in-between deal, Jeffrey, when we talked to you last, the shutdown lockdown type thing was kind of just starting in Florida is, I mean, how are things down there? Has anything changed in the past week or is it still like your life not affected that much yet? So I just was actually told by my wife that I guess all the counties around us are like kind of shut down. I don't know. I guess Palm Beach County, which is the county south, Okeechobee County, which is to the west, and like I'm, I'm not sure if anybody in the north of us is, but man, my county's still ripping, man. It's really weird. It's, it's like we. I told you last podcast, we got like the order, you know, but like you just put a label on it. So everybody's just still kind of doing their own thing. I mean, a lot of people are staying in. The traffic's died down, but like I said, I mean, all the restaurants, everything's still, still kicking, you know, just to go orders and can't sit anywhere, but. Like I can, I still go to Chick-fil-A if I need to or, or anything like that. And they're not telling anybody to go home or anything like that. So, um, I guess it's pretty, pretty normal down here other than the motocross tracks being shut down, which is upsetting, but you know, it's, uh, it's safety of the people is more important. So, um, yeah, but other than that, man, it's, it's pretty normal to be honest with you. Yeah. Dealing with the same, dealing with the same stuff here. I mean, we're, uh, all fortunate that we haven't been affected like personally. Um, so fingers crossed that that can stay the same and fingers crossed that we can kind of get this season, get the season started, let kind of life go back to normal. You know, obviously like we talked about, we have some downtime from racing right now, but we definitely got some, some big things to talk about. Um, you know, here's kind of our topic of the night. Like it feels like we're kind of just uh, like we're not getting right to the point. So the topic of the night, Monday night on the Pulp and Max show, the topic of ATV racing came up, right? And, you know, Steve has been super cool to me. He gave me the go ahead to play any clips that we want here on my show. So let's roll the audio, um, sifted through hours and hours of content to kind of uh, get it kind of down to this highlight reel. So um, yeah. Bear with us, listen to this, and we'll let everybody get up to speed on what happened on the Pulp and Max show Monday night. You know, I, I like, I, I've said this over and over. I don't insult the quad guys. I have no problems with quads. They support the industry. They buy a lot of our products that sponsor our Absolutely. shows. Absolutely. And we need everybody in this boat together. I would never race a quad or ride a quad. Well, I would ride one around the house maybe or around the yard. But mm -hmm. I, they're not for me, but I respect them. They, they go fast, but they're not. There's no, you'll never convince me, Hammy, and you sound like you're okay with this, that a quad guy has the same amount of talent as Justin Brayton or any of the top motocrosser guys. Yeah. Justin Brayton could pick up a quad tomorrow and run top five at any pro quad race. I don't know oh, about that. No, I don't no, know about no, that. A hundred percent. I don't know about that. A hundred percent. Eli Tomac would need one yes. month on a quad and he'd be whipping everybody's ass. Eli Tomac, with like a month or two on a quad, could 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 whoop up everybody or run top three in any quad pro series. Tomac can have a year on a quad, and he's not going to be top five in a quad race. Oh, my God. Yes, he would be. Uh, no, yes, I don't think so, dude. No, quad guys get, get, get hot yeah, chicks. Quad guys do get hot chicks. Ooh, true, yeah. We got that verified. A top motocrosser will, will be successful at almost yes. anything. That's how badass they are. Yes. And it's been proven over and over and over and over. How long do you think Eli Tomac would need on a quad to run top three 
or four at a quad pro national? Uh, I, w- I would say he would need, you know, four or five months, four okay. or five good months Thank of doing you. it. All right, I said a couple, but okay. So, yeah, four or five months, and Eli Tomac could run quad pro speed, no problem. I respect quad guys, though, man. I mean, I, I do too. They're, they're pretty, they're pretty gnarly. I do too. But all those facts stand. Motocrossers are the gnarliest. That's it. Bottom line. I don't want to hear about. It. How long do you think Eli would need? Top five. I'm gonna say, like by sunset. <laughs> Thank you. If you're asking me if I think Tomac could, like, okay, I'm gonna pivot and I'm gonna be ready for 2021. Uh, you know, ATV motocross professionally. Yeah, I think he would be a championship contender in 21. Right, right. Yeah. Again, my whole point is motocrosser can pick up on a quad, no problem, easy. <clears throat> Give Eli like till sundown, and he'll be he'll be he'll be winning the quad nationals. Okay, guys. So like I said, plenty to talk about. Let me preface this with the following: When I talked to Steve, he was super cool. He wanted to me re- to reiterate that he's not anti quad. He's not trying to hate on the quads. He just believes that pro supercross and motocross guys are so gnarly that he thinks there's nothing they can't do that being said i mean steve is severely underestimating the difficulty of atv racing so i guess guys i mean weigh in like what what are you thinking when he's saying some of these things uh i guess i'll start because i know jeffrey is gonna go on and he's gonna be fired up Um, no (laughs) Like, me and Carly were talking about a little bit today. And, like, I've honestly watched outdoor races and, you know, picked up a few things from Tomac. Just, like, I transitioned him to my four-wheeler. So, yeah, he's going to be talented on on ATV eventually. But him being a championship contender by 2021 is is, uh, unreasonable. And I don't think it would ever happen. That's like saying, give me, you know, to 2021 and I'm going to go top three on a dirt bike and I'm damn good on a dirt bike I feel like I ain't gonna top three ain't no way he's never rode a four-wheeler ever okay so there's there's just no no way he could do that I mean there's so many things that you know we we do to for the four-wheeler and like it's just it's mind-boggling if we were to sit here and talk about everything we have to do to keep the machine flat or you know to turn do whatever and the same thing for a bike so that's they're two different you know machines and Obviously, he's not going to hop on and do what they think he's going to do. But I do think he could, you know, have a year on it and come in top 10 because he is that talented of a rider. And I feel like if I had a year on a dirt bike, I could go in top 20 or top 10 because the competition level is different out there. There's a lot more riders in the 250 class. I'm not saying 450. I think 250, I could most likely qualify in top 15 on a 250 for if you give me till the same amount of time as Tomac. So, I mean, there, it's just – but it's it's not even comparable in that aspect to me. Is like you, you're not going to sit there and say that because it, there's no freaking way. So before I let Jeffrey jump in, the one thing that, that you brought up, Joel, is, yes, like somebody that's that talented just as an athlete, he's going to be able to find some success, especially if he dedicates his whole life to picking mm-hmm. something like this up. But – my number one thing as I'm, as I'm listening to them say some of the things that they're saying is you guys at the very top level of the sport are riding the four-wheeler as fast as the four-wheeler will go. Mm-hmm. So just to like, you don't just 
get there just because you're no so yeah no you you give him the same machine that you know i ride or chad Weiner or jeffrey rides give him a year practice your butt off train do it everything you can do for the full wheeler you know side of things and you're, he's still not going to come out and be a championship contender he's going to be a top 10 rider yep. i know facts behind you know bike guys coming into the atb world with alex waskob i don't know if you remember him sure do he came in you know dude's just got raw talent on everything he rides he lives in my area now and you know i've linked up with him a few times and rode dirt bikes and he's just everything he gets on he can do and he got on that full wheeler and he was battling with nick moser in 2014 i think in pro-am so you know i don't know how much time he had prior i think probably six you know seven months but you know that's that's where he was at when he did it yeah i agree so let jeffrey let's uh let's let you jump in here um i just my personal opinion is how someone can say that they you know, a person that hasn't done this sport their whole lives, you know, trained day in and day out to eat, breathe, and crap motocross, just like Tomac does on a dirt bike, or ATV motocross, just like Tomac does on a, on, you know, regular motocross. I don't see how he can come in and say that he's just going to come in and, and beat us like that. It's just, it's physically not possible. To me, this is a good point for me. I ride dirt bikes as well. I actually rode mine last weekend, All right? I get on a dirt bike. feels a little weird at first. All right, do a lap, do, do two laps. I'm like, okay, all right, let's do it. I can ride it. I jump anything you want. I can't corner the best, okay? But I could jump anything you want, anything. Like, that's one thing that they got on us, power and suspension. So you're going to sit here and tell me – or sorry, not to get off topic, sorry. He, I get on the dirt bike, get back on the four-wheeler. I've rode a four-wheeler my whole life. It is the weirdest feeling machine you can get on after you just rode a dirt bike for a moto. You get on a thing. I, I rode it for my whole life. And I get on, I'm like, wow, this thing, weird. It takes me a lap to get acclimated. I, I could go and do it if I wanted to, but my mind's like, man, this is completely <laughs> opposite of what you just did. And I've done it my whole life. It takes me a lap to get back acclimated to the four-wheeler. I yeah. just... It's two totally different aspects of riding. How you have to ride it, you know, it's just to, to compare the two is it's going to be a lifelong thing. And you said this, it's going to be a lifelong thing. But I just don't think that it's honest, an honest comparison. There's ever been an honest comparison on the subject because it's almost not comparable. The yeah, traction it really isn't. You know, exactly. it's so it's it's so much different that I don't think that anybody can just jump on this four wheeler and do it. I mean, like Phil. I mean, he, he vouched for us. You know, he said, I rode a four-wheeler. These guys are insane. I know Dustin Jensen down here in Florida. He got on my four-wheeler one time. And I tell you, he jumped everything on the track. And it was the scariest thing <laughs> I have ever witnessed. It was nuts. He was so sketchy. He looked like the normal quad guys that everybody says or says that, that you know, they get the, uh, what, they get the, the rep of quads is from the people that show up to the tracks and banshees and, and different things like that. That's where they get their, that quad rep that were slow and not good. And he was one of those guys, no offense to him, but he was one of those guys when he got on that four wheeler, but I could go get on his 450 dirt bike and go jump everything and look normal. I might not be able to corner the best, but I can go do it better than he got on my four wheeler and did it. I know that for a fact. So, so there's just no been no even comparison or because it's not comparable. 
in a sense. You know what I mean? Agreed. So I spent, I literally spent 12 straight hours preparing for this podcast, sifting through their content, listening to what they have to say, re-listening to things like across the board, right? Well, I'm in my office, I'm listening to all this stuff, I'm going through it, whatever. And, uh, and my girlfriend is listening to all this going down. And she says to me, like, cause I didn't even, I wasn't even paying attention that she was listening to this. And she goes, it's apples, just out of the blue. She goes, it's apples to oranges. So she's like, if you only like oranges, how can you even compare the two? Or if you think that Eli is the very best orange, how can you say that he would be the best apple? And in my mind, I'm like, okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like that is crazy. That is very true. Like very nobody true. that that isn't entrenched in our sport and knows the kind of dirt bike four-wheeler dynamic, I think would see it that way. So then for her to say that over my shoulder, and I'm like, huh. Yeah. How could you ever compare the best orange and say that they're going to be the best apple or even one of the best apples or even an apple? Cause you don't even know how it would go. So yeah. if it's, it's crazy. So, I mean, I guess like, and there was certain things that came up about, you know, well, isn't it easier to put around on a four wheeler if you're a beginner? And I mean, this has always been my belief. It's easier to put around on a four wheeler than it is to putt around on a dirt bike. If you're a beginner or a woman, I mean, whatever. But it is also true that it is harder to ride a quad fast than it is to ride a bike fast. Like Steve said that, you know, four wheels means that you have more stability, right? Well, which is true. But four wheels also means that you're hitting more bumps, you're being affected by uneven faces, and the list goes on. Like it's never ending. But like it takes at the same time. Go ahead. At the, sorry. At the same time, I feel like we got to look at it as most of the time we don't have ruts on the face. All right. They have to navigate ruts. I'm not, I'm just trying to like, that's where we're, we're trying to compare apples to oranges is that the, the conditions are completely different. It is almost not comparable. Like we're saying, and it bothers me that everybody wants to compare this but it takes track maintenance, how it was prepared. I mean, there's so many different obstacles to, to, and the only way to settle is, is you almost can't. And right. it's crazy. Right. It's crazy. And, and we'll hear this audio later, but they, they had me on the wrap up show to kind of talk about this stuff and whatever. And they kept coming back to Hammy comparing Redbud lap times. And I think he was comparing the lap times from, you know, whatever year he was racing pro or one of those years or whatever. But there is a, there is a video out there, right. With a helmet cam of you, Joel and of mm -hmm. Kenny. Yeah. At, at Redbud, um, right. From 2015. Yep. I think. Yeah. From 2015. Yep. Right. And I guess what, without being able to show them what I was seeing in my head from remembering seeing that video, like no matter what the track is like, there are, there are corners, there are sections, there are things where a bike is going to be better. And then there mm -hmm. are obstacles, corners, sections where a four wheeler is going to be better. So, yeah, exactly. uh, I mean, like, again, it's apples to oranges, but like the very best guys, top level dirt bikes, top level quads, top level athletes in general, they respect each other. It's yeah, the people, absolutely. it's the people below that, that have, you know, that, 
partake in the bashing that, uh, that, that can't coexist with each other. It's not the oh, top yeah. level guys that, uh, that, that have the issue with each other, I guess. No, I, I've never personally had an issue with a top level rider on a, you know, a dirt bike rider. I've met tons at club MX and, you know, the first time we were there, I was by myself with Carly and, and they were giving me a little bit of, sh you know, crap on the track. Like, I, I think it was their summer group of kids or whatever. So they were just like, you know, for a month stay or whatever. They're just, you know, quad guys on the track, the main track, and everyone's watching me. I'm the only one out there. So yeah, they're going to go, you know, pretend they're cheering for me, video me, whatever. So I came off and I'm like, you know, hot headed at a, as, as I am. I came off I'm like, what, what are you guys doing? Like, what, what's your problem? You, you talking smack or what? And they're like, no, we were just filming you. You're running this lap time, this and that. Like, I obviously knew they were talking smack. But after that, I, I stayed there for so long. I got to, to know all these kids. Like, I talked to everybody. So I, I talked to all these kids that stay there consistently. And, you know, now I've met a lot of friends there. We've hung out quite a bit. You know, me, Rishrelli, Luke Neese, and Nate, um, two other kids, Peyton and uh, Pope, had a ping pong tournament one night, like, you know, there's pro level dirt bike riders there and then pro level quad guys just hanging out, you know, mixing it up. So before and, and another know, thing with those guys, they all the time were were like, dude, we don't understand like how you guys do that. We're like, What do you mean? Like we don't understand like like we had the whip videos at club. They were mm -hmm. like, What? They looked at it and they were like, Are you joking? Like yeah. these are top guys, you know, these are bad dudes on two wheels. And they respect it because they see it. Like, I can't throw a fatty whip like they do on a, on a dirt bike. Yeah. I respect what they do. Like, don't sit here and say that I'm not as talented as you because I don't ride that same machine. That is yeah. not true. You know, that's all. And they respect. And I think that's where this comes from, this disrespect, is because they don't see the level that we are at as much because we're not as a popular of a sport. So me and Joel go, say, the club this year. And – we're riding the gnarliest sand tracks that, I mean, I don't care if you ride a dirt bike, a freaking bicycle, maybe running that son of a gun. Like that is the roughest sand track we have ever ridden in our lives. These dirt bikers wouldn't even hardly touch this thing. And we enjoy yeah, it back there motoing this thing every day. Every they, day. They come out and watch and be like, how are you guys even riding that? Like and they're it's... like, we won't even touch. We won't even step foot on this track on a dirt bike. It's so gnarly right now. We're like, yeah. what do you mean? This thing's freaking awesome. <laughs> we were uh, killing that place. Like, if they would have came out there and rode with us, they would have been tired in 10 minutes, I feel like, and we would have whooped up on them. They wouldn't even have ride the place. And that's where they respected us because we are bad dudes, in, in a sense, like, on what we ride. And that's where, you know, this this whole club thing really, I think, helped us in a way in, in, in you know, in our sport, like combining the two and getting the respect from, from these top guys but these other guys don't see it. So that's where I think there's a, a blind spot for our sport because not a lot of people see us top guys and we train just like they do. We ride motos just like they do. It's just a different machine, oh, you know, yeah. and that's where, that's where it's kind of, it's interesting to see that, you know, if they see it, if it's in their face, then they, they respect it, you know, but if it's just been in the distance, they can bash it all they want. So that's where I think that's where we're lacking in a sense, but that's where club is, you know, brought and me and Joel and like he's saying, it's just they respected it. And I'm not sorry to take away from you, Joel. I was just wanting to put that in there. You know. Oh, you're good. 
I mean, both of you though, you have such a unique, like you were the two guys I wanted to talk to about this more than anything, because you're at club and you're at club because of your Phoenix, you know, racing Honda team. And mm -hmm. they, you guys, that team is really the only team. Cause we had just talked about this on the previous podcast with you, Jeffrey, that yep. they're the only team that's fielding ATV riders and bike guys. So then you're all in the same spot. And we had just got done talking about last week on this podcast that I had said that I thought that the ATV to dirt bike relationship was better than ever. And now this all comes down and now we're talking about this. And I mean, yeah, yeah like I, I had said that that relationship is better than ever. And I was crediting it to your guys's team. Like you guys have the most kind of you're inserted right at the heart of this. And you have probably the best view of this relationship between bikes and quads because you're at a track with all top level bike guys. You're, um, you you work for ride for a, a team that's both bikes and quads like you guys are the reason why this relationship is so good i feel like it's i agree I, I i think i can agree with that and i know joel i mean i don't know if he talks to you know jace or kyle but like me and jace they will shoot the shit like on text like often like that you know during season when they were racing supercross and and stuff like I shoot him a text like hey good luck tonight dude he's like thanks dude you know da, da, da. I give you know kind of pick him up a little bit and you know you know when somebody respects you because he's actually you know we talk like like friends you know and it's because he sees what we do and we see what he does and and Kyle too I mean he's awesome I, we did a workout together and and it was like cool because we were pushing each other hard like you know we were both we're both at a level of fitness that it takes a lot of work to get to so it's like just because it's one side or the other machine we're riding, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, like you oh, said, yeah. the Phoenix team is really just, it's, it's putting it in perspective of, of having both. And it's not just MX, you know, in, in, in ATV MX, it's, you know, all of them, it's both sides of, you know, ATV GNCC and MX GNCC as well. So it's really cool. Oh, even yeah. those guys, the GNCC guys like Heath Harrison and John Johnson, like, and, um, you know, Andrew, DeLong, DeLong. I mean, all those dudes, those are, those are awesome dudes and they respect us. Like we respect them. And it's really cool to have that relationship to where I think, I mean, my whole life, I don't know about Joel, I've never had a, a relationship with a top level, um, you know, athlete from a different sport. Like, like it's always been like me and him, like we're buddies because we do the same sport, but now we're kind of venturing out to their outs, outs of, you know, that sport. And it's kind of just, it's cool, man. It's really, it really is oh, yeah. cool. But go ahead, Joel. Oh, no, I was going to say, it's it's been a blast hanging out with them guys, you know, all winter long training, riding, um, you know, it's just, we got to know each other really well, and uh, getting to ride with them even is super fun, they watch us ride, you know, we watch them do motos on the Supercross track, I, I just, it's super interesting to see their days, they train with the best athletes, you know, that we watch on TV, and they're out there riding Supercross with them, so it's really cool to watch that, and then be a part of it talk to him like hey how was the track you look good here like I'm standing on the track watching these guys as they're ripping you know Supercross with Josh Hill Justin Brayton um, Chad Reed that's uh, just it, it was super cool to me and I, I'm super happy that the Phoenix team has brought that sort of um, I don't know camaraderie and amplified it you know with with what he's been doing at club too so it, it's super cool there you know we've met a lot of friends and rode with them had them ride our quad had some major laughs at them and it, it's just been 
it's been an interesting um, couple months with, you know, everything that's been going on and with, you know, uh, being down at clubs so long and, and really getting to know them guys and the trainer there and, and getting to road bike with everyone. And, um, you know, I met a lot of good friends down there. Yeah. You know, again, like I just feel like you guys being close with those other top level bike guys, and then you guys going about your business at the same facility that they are like, those guys you're confirming it but those guys know like what kind of talent that you guys have and again oh, yeah. it's just it's just apples to oranges like it takes you know this is like what i kind of was you know thinking myself it's something i've always kind of thought like it takes so much strength it takes so much talent it takes so much flow to have that in air control even on the ground control to manipulate the bike to you know the way that you guys want it to it's just like a bike rider, if because we're using this context because that's what they used on that show. Mm-hmm. A bike rider can't get on a four-wheeler and pick that up. Like there's things that you no. just feel. And there's things that all three of us, even though we have all ridden, like we're moto fans, we watch it endlessly. We've ridden motorcycles, dirt bikes our whole life. There's still stuff that they feel that we probably will never feel. Like even, like I feel like all of us, we are all good dirt bike riders. Like you guys have both talked about it. I have always felt like naturally I'm a Mm -hmm. better dirt bike rider than I am a four wheeler rider. Like I've ridden both tens of thousands of hours throughout my life. And after all my experience, seeing other people do it, all these things, both bikes and quads, I truly believe that more people naturally pick up being a decent bike rider than just naturally pick up being a decent quad rider. Yeah, I could agree with that. It takes countless hours to be comfortable on an ATV rather than, you know, I got on a dirt bike for the first time and I don't know, I was a A rider at the time, I think it was 2009. I freaking was jumping everything at Splendora within the first day big triples step ups whatever like obviously I wasn't good at turning at the time but over the years of me only riding in the winter is the only time I ride this dirt bike because I don't mess around in the summer I I felt like every year I got better and this past winter was just insane I rode with a, a good group of dirt bike guys and they were all like pumping me up like dude you need to race a dirt bike you're freaking flying this and that and like I don't know it's it's definitely like we're we're just as talented as them I feel like I feel like we can do transitions just like them. You put us on a flat track motorcycle, I'll ride that. You put us on, you know, GNCC dirt bike, I'll get used to that eventually. And we can do the same thing. Like a snowboard, we can do, you go on countless, you know, I feel the same. If, if the moto guys are that talented, which most of them are, them guys can hop on and do basically everything, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it's yep. just, it's weird. Decent. It, Everything's it really is. decent. Everything's yeah. decent. decent. And that's where, where we come in with – with we done it our whole lives just like they have their bikes so how can you come in and say they're going to be better than us when we did it our whole life just like they did their bikes and another topic too that i would like to bring up is if you if we had per se phoenix is a great team don't get me wrong we have factory honda support but we are not factory honda or per se tomac factory kawasaki all right is he is he going to be as good with the resources we have because we are not factory? We don't have the money backing. Would he be able to be as good as he, you know, as he is on a dirt bike on a four wheeler? If he started with us, would he be able to 
without that big backing of a factory ride through his whole career. We've never had that. I mean, like, you know, we've never had the big, really big money contracts to go out there and take that risk. Okay. Is it, would it be worth it to him on a four wheeler again to take that risk for half the pay per se that they do? Yeah. Mentally, mentally, is he going to want to do that for, for, for half the money? Is he going to want to get put over a berm? Yes. That's a good point that I would like to bring up because their, their contracts are insane money. I mean, I mean, they're just insane. And their win bonuses, there is a big incentive. And don't get me wrong, we have incentives too. But it is not near the incentive they have. Also, the endless testing hours, endless testing that they do to make that machine exactly like they want it. We don't have that. I'm sorry. We just don't. We have testing. But we don't go to California and go to our factory on the test track and go – out there with the factory and do testing and, yeah, they, and to make our bikes better as best they can. Oh, I don't like this bike. Like we need to change it completely. Okay. And they do it. They'll make it, a, they'll make it whatever you want. We don't have that option. It's, they it's got a freaking it's 24 so hour different. dyno. Basically they do R and D on their motors. Like it's, 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 not, non- it's not like yeah. we say, it's not, not comparable in a lot of senses. And that's one of them. Or is he going to have the incentive to go out and risk his life? Like we do just, just a number, just a random number. Say if I, if I, this isn't true, if I went and ran, you know, Daytona and I won and I had $10,000 on the line, would he go risk his life and go that fast on a four-wheeler for 10 grand? Would he? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, there's a big difference. He's going to win 200. Yeah. It's, or or it's, would he want to, you know, come back from him about going over the bars and be like, I'm just, this ain't even worth it. I ain't doing this crap. Yeah. 10 like, grand through that. Like, <laughs> but that's where, you know, w- but if he was growing up like us and that's all we've done, like we are not failed motocrossers because I did ride a dirt bike and my dad bought me a four-wheeler because he was a four-wheeler rider. All right. And I just switched because I liked the four-wheeler more. That's just a personal opinion. Okay. I never so, switched. So I wasn't a failed one. That's exactly, you know? that's exactly one thing. So in the highlight reel, I didn't play that. They said that all ATV guys are failed motocross riders. And I didn't because, because no, 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 you're fine. Cause I was going to go there, but you're fine. I just, I wanted to make sure that at the onset of this, that nobody was going to call them out for, 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 uh, for, you know, like no. not giving quads respect at all. Yeah, um, no. that, that, that is only a remark that's like, honestly, disrespectful. You're, you're right. I think you're he right. was mad. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, because even as you listen to the highlight that I put together, each one you can hear him getting a little more fired up and a little more fired yes. up and a little more fired yeah. up. I think, oh, yeah. So, I again, think where, was, I, where, where I wanted to, yeah, where I wanted to go with this was every one of us, all three of us here, we're dirt bike, like we've been dirt bike riders in the pet, like we ride dirt bikes, blah, blah, blah. But I was always going to be a quad rider because my dad was a quad rider. Same with Joel, same with mm-hmm. Jeffrey. Every one of us, we had family ties to quads. So like, yeah, like we're moto fans. We ride dirt bikes, like all this stuff. But quad racing has our heart. Like that was our first love, period. That was it. Yeah. We didn't dabble in racing dirt bikes at the time, you know, going through the ranks. No, right. stuck to one thing and I I didn't fail. I did. I, I raced one year on a KX65. I was nine years old, okay? I never rode a dirt bike. I raced locally. I was actually pretty decent. I actually had a 
a guy named Cody Gitson that I raced, not Gibson, Gitson. Oh it's, man, <laughs> Gitson, and it was he was a a really fast local kid. And later on, you know, down the road, and I was on a four wheeler, of course. But as a as a as a you know child, I raced this kid and was competitive with him, and he came to be a really fast amateur dirt bike rider. So don't and that was just no riding. He was riding his whole life. That was me getting on a dirt bike within one year, going and racing competitively on you know on a dirt bike. And that was at nine years old. So don't sit here and you know and sit here and tell us that we're failed at this because we never got a shot, you know, like we never did it. Like it was right. never, you know, it was, I don't know. That's yeah. a, that was the only frustrating part. And, and, and that was out of, out of spite, I yep. think, you know, I just think he was angry at the time and I'm not putting any hand on that podcast. I'm a fan. I like Steve. I like everybody on that podcast. I like the podcast itself. Don't in fans, please don't take it as go bash them because that's not what we're here for. We're just here to have a debate and here to talk as you know, fellow motocrossers, dirt bike and ATV. You know, and just mixing the two in. We're not don't if we're not trying to affiliate heat or hate into any of this because that'll just make our situation worse. No, we, we just we just needed a chance to like be able to vouch for ourselves a little bit. You know, it's not yeah. firing back in a negative sense. It was no. just that we needed to insert some knowledge into the conversation. Yeah, there, there there's facts, you know, from Phil. There's there's hearsay from this guy over here and then there's Hammy's facts that um you know he was brought up but at the same time like let's let's get down to it and really yeah. talk about ATV racing and, and motocross racing we'll get right back to the show but now a quick word from our sponsors and now please stand up and make some noise for our title sponsor CST tires CST tires and their Pulse MXR tire have completely overtaken the ATV market. Used by Thomas Brown to clinch a third straight Quad Cross of Nations title, by Nick Janusa as he dominated the Montreal Supercross, and myself, Cody Jansen, as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears to a 2019 national championship in the Junior 25 Plus class. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics than the competition. Join the takeover or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Check them out at csttires.com today. Anybody that I've gotten to try them, I've heard nothing but positive things back. We're proud to be Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Why choose Yamaha? Look no further than Chad Wienan's six championships in the past eight seasons aboard his Yamaha YFZ450R. Not to mention Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing and their support of this podcast proves it. For the 2020 ATV MX season, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program will offer payout and prize opportunities including the chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more information, head to YamahaOutdoors.com and follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors today. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability, as well as longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. 
Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, or anywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at Valvoline.com. SSI decals is a name that is synonymous with ATV racing and synonymous with success. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. After making number plates and decals for riders like Chad Whedon, the company quickly took off. Today, you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker now supports all the top teams at ATV motocross, as well as GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and oh yeah, six-time NHRA World Champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics, SSI decals. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 chain. This patented X-ring chain boasts a steel alloy construction for reduced weight, increased strength, and a longer chain life, making it the optimal ATV racing chain. Pick up an ATV2 chain today at your local dealer or wherever DID chains are sold. Wherever you go, go with DID. We're pumped to bring on new partner, Namira Technologies. Since 2001, Namira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Namira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Namira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com. Namira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are proud to announce our partnership with Avocado Green Mattresses. We all know that sleep and rest are an important part of any athlete's routine. Avocado's line of natural mattresses and pillows provide exactly the support you need to ensure you perform at your best while you're doing the best for the planet. The Avocado mattress offers zone back support with an internal support unit, meaning whether you're recovering from a hard day of riding or relaxing on a Sunday morning, you will be experiencing next level comfort. You can rest in peace knowing the components in your mattress and pillows are non-toxic, natural, and sustainably sourced. And getting your avocado green mattress could not be any easier. They offer a 100-night sleep trial, free shipping, free return pickup, and a 25-year warranty. And if that wasn't enough, rest assured knowing that they have a 5-star rating by verified customers, including some of our Digging Deep staff. Step up your sleep game by visiting avocadomattress.com. We are proud to announce our newest show sponsor, Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with the rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product, something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Gripped's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. With comfort and quality as key motivators, this family affair is constantly working on the next innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the Gripped movement because no one wants a bland glove. Check them out today at grippedgloves.com. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. That's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com. We are also pleased to announce our partnership with Bronco ATV and UTV Components. 
Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits, Bronco is your hard parts source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. We are also supported in part by Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. The best power sports coolant on the market, Evans prevents overheating and boil over so you never have to worry about harming your engine or having a premature end of your ride due to overheating no matter what the condition. Designed for use in ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, snowmobiles and more, use what the pros use. Upgrade to Evans today. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes. A longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2020 is no different with an impressive lineup including AMA ATV Pro Class Champion Joel Hetrick and his Phoenix Racing Honda teammates. Myself, Cody Jansen, and my 2019 Junior 25 Plus National Championship, Baldwin Motorsports' Nick Janusa, Wesley Wolf, Dylan Tremellen and his 940 racing team, Troy Hill, and more in ATV Motocross. In GNCC Racing, DP has 16 of the top 17 pros heading into 2020. This includes the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Chris Borich, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and more. These riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top step of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com, purchase at your local dealer, or even message the show for their contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders on the planet on DP brakes. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber and plastic hoods, tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has goodies that'll make you salivate. I trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look. Forworks Carbon, always working hard to bring high-quality, innovative parts to the market. Check them out today. Now back to the show. Right, exactly. So, okay, so you just brought it up. Jeffrey brought it up earlier. Um, so, like I said, fast bike guys have respect for fast ATV guys and vice versa. So, insert filthy Phil Nicoletti. This topic came up on another Pulp podcast since Monday night. And Phil, who's a Canadian pro champ, former AMA pro MX podium finisher, he's extremely legit, had a very different opinion than Steve did. So let's give this a listen. How long would Eli Tomac or yourself or JB, because this guy was saying Brighton, so then we brought up Brighton a lot. How much time would you need on a quad before you could run top five in these quad nationals? I'm going to be honest with you, Steve. <laughs> this might sound mental, but uh, the number one quad guy, uh, well, it's not, well, Joel Hentrick, he okay. rides for Phoenix. I like Chad okay. Weenan's the number one quad guy. He's yeah, a, well, okay. I think Joel won it last year, maybe, or the year before, and Chad Weenan's won it the oh, past okay. seven so, times. So, I'm, so I'm he's a really bad sure. dude, yeah. but this, yeah, guy's, yeah. this so guy's good. Joel is gnarly, and I've obviously, I'm faster than him at club, and one day when my team was down here, uh, Joel came out, and I said, hey, let me ride your quad. And yeah. he said, yeah, man, go yeah. ahead, take it for a rip. <laughs> And I rode this fucking thing, and let me tell you what, that is not a smooth ride. (laughs) 
No, I'm being I'm being dead right. serious. Yeah. That thing is a death trap. And it's only got three inches of fork travel on the front. Uh -huh. And it, dude, I don't know if I could do it. Really? Okay, because JT said give Eli like one day. He was kidding, obviously. But. There's not there's not a chance. Not a chance. Because you want to know why? When I went to get on this thing and start it, I kicked the thing the wrong way. It's a forward kick. <laughs> yeah, it's not a forward backwards. kick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to kick the fucking thing down, and I about dislocated my knee. <laughs> You know? Okay, but once you figured out which way to kick it, don't you feel like you could run and be pretty competitive? No. <laughs> I do. Okay. No, well, you're not I helping don't. my you're not helping my public next show. I know, because, so what know. we need to do is get this guy on JB's bike. They go ride. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then we'll see what their lap times are. And then JB gets on the quad, and this guy gets on the quad, and they race that. And then we see jb will be closer to the quad god than the quad god will be closer to jb on a dirt bike no i think it's rolled i think it's what yep yep we gotta do this then the, this... i think the guy i think joel can go faster on jb's bike yeah i think i think joel's yeah. got it so filthy phil goes to bat for the quad guys calls out steve for being wrong Love so it. So, Joel, I mean, you have to tell us the story now about All Phil right. hopping on your quad. Okay. He's out testing main track one day, and I, I ride over. I'm going to ride main track sure. same day. And I'm like, hey, uh, you mind if I ride? So I do my moto. I come off. I'm talking to them guys. They're testing, whatever. I didn't want to get in their way. But he's like, dude, it's freaking insane. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know how you effing ride that thing. Um, I'm like, dude, you should, you should ride it. Like a couple other guys have rode it. You should ride it. He's like, all right, yeah, I'll ride it. Um, just don't tell anyone. I'm like, okay, makes sense. He's Yamaha guys. So I'm like, all right. He goes and rides it. And I'm like, oh, wow, he's actually going to do pretty good. I could just tell, like, he's got the track down. He rode thousands of laps at clubs. So I'm like, okay, he's going to rip. He gets on. He, he's going faster than most dirt bike guys go when they immediately get on. So I'm thinking this is going to be good. And then he goes to the jump, and it's straight just goon air and i'm like okay please don't jump this thing so, <laughs> so i'm watching him ride he does one lap and i'm like please go again i if he goes again he likes it and i'm gonna be pumped he's gonna try a jump um he, he comes off after one lap and he's like that fucking thing sucks <laughs> he's like there ain't even shocks on it. I'm like, yeah, we only have like three hey, inches did, of you did, know, did, travel. Yeah, did you catch that? He said three inches of fork travel in the front. Oh, my God. So funny. Those guys called them the front shocks forks every time. I'm like, God, no, stop. They're, they're shocks. <laughs> That's uh, gold, dude. Mike Weiser said gold. it a couple times, too. He felt like a goon. He's like, don't ever tell anyone I said that. So, Weiser, there you go. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it was super funny to watch him ride it. Um, you know, he – did go back for another lap and it didn't get no better for him. So he, he just pulled off. He's like, that thing's dangerous. I'm going to get hurt. I can't be doing that shit right now. So, um, but he, he was a class act about it though. I, I was actually really pumped that he even wanted to ride it. It really took me off guard. I'm just, you know, watching him ride. And, uh, you know, another thing to say about that day, I'm riding with him on the same track. Okay me and him are doing motos at the same exact time and he's gapping me 10 seconds in one lap. Okay. Mm -hmm. it, it's disturbing. It makes me so mad and we get done and I'm like, dude, how are you going so fast? 
he's like, your berms made the track better for me. I can go wide open in your berms. And I was like, that is, that's pretty cool. I'm glad that you said you could go faster in a quad turn. There you go. That rather than your bike. And then uh, we were talking, BSing a little bit about other tracks. I'm like, how, I just, you're 10 seconds a lot faster than me. It pisses me off. I can't believe that. And he's like, yeah, yeah that, that's out here though. I was like, yeah, I bet if we went to the practice track out back, the hard pack one, I'd be a lot closer, maybe like five seconds off. He said, I bet you'd beat me out there. So yeah. I, I, so, I thought so, that was cool. So at the beginning of my, of the podcast here, you guys didn't hear it before we went into your, um, into your segment here. I played a couple clips of JT, Jason Thomas and filthy Phil both talking about 08 when the guys raced at steel city the same weekend and both of them were talking about how freaking fast the quad guys were that weekend that doug gust was going the exact same speed as james stewart went on the same weekend at the same track so yes you take a sand track like that something that's rough something that's that's you know whooped out whatever like a dirt bike has an advantage you go it's to the power you go dude, to, it's the power right. it's the power sand tire with 80 horsepower oh. dude it's just and, and it's got a dash of hell on that thing harder. Yeah, they can get down to the harder base. We're just spinning on top. You right. know? We're just we're He's spinning digging. two tires. Bah, bah, bah. Okay. Yeah. So then I mean, so then you go to like we saw it, we talked about it already a little bit with the helmet cam of if red butt is the right condition, or you go to Steel City like they talked about, or you go to High Point, or you go to Muddy Creek, or you go to Loretta's, or any of those places that are gonna like be hard packed, they might get blue grooved, they're more favorable to quads, like the quad is gonna have the advantage there. Yeah, or, or be more, you know, in reality, a lot more closer than yes. a bike would, because some of them tracks the obstacles they're going to be able to do a triple yep. or a quad or you know something insane where we're sitting back like uh we can't do that but we'll try to make up time here <laughs> right but if you <laughs> yeah, but, for the, but for the listeners jeffrey i'll let you hop in in one second but for the listeners but the, for the listeners that haven't seen that youtube video joel of you and kenny at redbud kenny jumps Larocco's, but prior to that you're making up time in the in the the pro section off camber or in some yep. corners where you can go up the inside where they have to go to the outside for a berm like yeah. so it's just yeah, a given it's a it's a give and take yeah it depends on the track and and the conditions and you know everything which is why we cannot truly compare exactly. these two yep. you know machines on a motocross track all right jeffrey so, hop in there just for like an example i lived in florida my whole life i've rode all sand tracks that's all i've ever rode out of dirt bikes i've been around some fast guys and some mediocre guys those mediocre guys on the sand track can i mean we're dead even we're i'm, I'm like what in the heck man i'm <laughs> i'm at top of my sport and these guys are just they're decent you know they're good riders but they're nowhere near the top and they're just like you know but it's it's like you said the hard pack for sand you know, if we can go to a hard pack track where our tires aren't spinning and they actually hook up, okay, we're going to do better. If we go to a sand track where our tires are freaking spinning or we don't have dirt or over the ruts where we can get down to the harder base so our tires aren't spinning. If we're out in a dirt bike track like Joel was at club where it's dirt biked out, kind of, and we're coming in knocking those ruts away, well, I mean, that's not really our track, uh, ideal track conditions. You know, I just, just 
it's so like you're saying it's so hard to compare because of because of you know there's two extra wheels on the back of that thing you know like it's a straight axle they're three three, yeah straight axle three times as wide in the rear so you're not digging down as fast to get down to that harder base material okay or you know what i'm saying so it's just like really tough in that aspect with with you know saying like you said nicoletti was 10 seconds faster a lap well and then you go to the out back track where the thing's hard pack where where phil's gonna you know not have any ruts or anything like that boy it's gonna be a different ballgame well and 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 you even said joel that phil like realizes that they can't you can't really compare because because he wasn't wanting to compare the two because (laughs) he said like Right, exactly. He didn't. Well, and he didn't want to compare the two because you said when you go on a on track conditions where the quad's going to be, you know, more favorable, you're going to beat him. You know, mm-hmm. but you might beat him, but you know, you're having a hard time on a whooped out track. You know, where he's able to cut right down through that yeah. soil. So, and then the other thing. So um, on that, it's called the Privateer Island Life Steve Mathis podcast. So if you want to, you can go find it. It's like the last ten. 10, eight, 10 minutes is about, is about Joel is about the quad thing about this whole deal. And oh boy. he talks about, um, he's like, you know, he's coming up on a, on a little tabletop that he would do on the, on the site lap of, you know, on his dirt bike. And he's like, I can't jump this thing on a quad. Ain't no way. Like he's talking about oh, it I- being off camber and he's like, there's no way. Like, I don't know what to do if <laughs> I get air off of this thing. <laughs> I know, I know exactly which tabletop he's talking about too. And it, it's like me and Jeffrey look at that thing and it's a first lap seat bouncer, you know, for us, it's just an easy one. It's a big one. Don't get me wrong. Like it's an 80 foot tabletop probably or, or 60, but um, it's steep. And that's what I was like. I, I thought he was going to jump that jump. And then to hear him <laughs> say that, that's, that's really hilarious. He got probably six feet, you know, out this two feet air. So he killed it. But yeah, no. <laughs> first lap, like at club, is the main track, the main tabletop right against the, the road there, Joel? Yeah, 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 the main. Yeah, yeah, that's a first lapper. You look at it, it's like, you know, you see behind oh, yeah. you just right over it. He's like, nope, no, no, no. You know, like, yeah. absolutely not. I'll get on his 450, you know, factory Yamaha. I'll go wax that thing first lap, guarantee it. Yeah. I, I'll jump everything on that track first lap. Yeah, that, that's the that's the big difference right there is if, if you know, we did do a, a segment, you know, where me and Justin Brayton are riding each other's equipment, um, it's it's not going to be comparable because I can ride a dirt bike. And if we're doing it all the same day, then I'm winning by minutes because there's no way that he's going to be even possible to jump every jump on club's main track because they just redid it and it's absolutely huge. And they're, they're just he would be mind blown to jump the full wheeler that far. So that's, yeah. that's a bet I'm I willing to it. take. It's, and I'll, I'll bet massive. big on that. That's yeah, so to simplify it. Yeah. To simplify it. Cause they were trying to figure out how you would compare. So, I mean, if you guys both, you know, both do dirt bike lap times and then both do quad lap times, like the way to simplify it, who is, is the ATV guy a better bike guy or is the bike guy a better ATV guy? Simple as that. Better dirt bike guy and, all day and, long. and the four wheeler guy is going to be a better dirt bike guy every single time. Every time. It's, it's, that's not even, it's not fair, you know, to do that to them. Because I wouldn't say every time because I know a couple people that can't ride a quad or a dirt bike. All right. And they're but, I'm, but we're talking about top level. <laughs> no, no, right. We're yeah, talking no, top yeah. level to yeah. top level. But, so let's say who, who is a, of top ATV rider that 
has not ridden a dirt bike though? Who's one of them? You'd have to go oh, outside the top five. Man. Brandon Brandon Hogue? No, uh, he's rode mine. Well, he's but but I mean I'm talking he's about be- like on the regular. He's yeah, I'd say he's a somewhat beginner because he hasn't he don't have a dirt bike, so he hasn't rode much. <laughs> yep. But you know, he's I've watched him ride, he jumps all the jumps. So there he's it's in the same good. boat. Like yeah, in, the, in one day he jumped all the jumps on my dirt bike. So Of course. Okay. Yeah. So there, boom. That's that's what I I was saying that because I have been somewhat rode a dirt bike my whole life, whether it was you know, I mean it could I could skip five years and then come back and ride a dirt bike, but I've rode one my whole life. Yes, it takes me a little bit to get acclimated, but I tell you, I was at a local little supercross style track that I ride all the time. It's a private track. I was riding my dirt bike last weekend, and uh, there was a couple, you know, a couple dirt bike kids there that they're dirt bikes riders. I mean, they do it every weekend. They're weekend warriors. Don't get me wrong. They 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 couldn't ride this track. They just could not do it. And like my dad's like, why can't people ride this track? Is it that difficult? It's like it's pretty tough. But I was out there on my dirt bike jumping everything there's a, a massive double there it's about 80 foot i burr up clapped it no problem i mean it's i built a step on step off there for for us and i ended up freaking sea bouncing and jumping the whole thing on my dirt bike like we can do it you know i mean pretty well i think if you gave us a day on top of it if you gave us a full day us me or joel on justin's Brayton, justin brayton's dirt bike and he got a full day on our on his quad no way even a full day for him to get acclimated there's no way so i'm the thing, sorry I you, I, I, it's just not possible and you guys have both said it and obviously any atv guy that's hopped on a dirt bike has probably felt this like maybe for some people when they first start the cornering part is obviously the hard part but jumping a dirt bike is kind of like it's the same as jumping a four-wheeler but it's like having the governor off you have more travel, uh-huh. you have more speed, like it's easier. The The bike doesn't get as upset as the four-wheeler does. Yet if you invert that and try to put the dirt bike guy on a quad, he's going to be clueless. Just like Phil said, he doesn't know how to keep the quad straight. Like they, they were talking on the show, like how do you keep the four-wheeler straight in the air? They were literally asking each yeah. other and and that's when and, and <laughs> Alex go. Ray Alex Ray came on too and he talks about it a little bit too where he and, and we heard that in the highlight where he said that he trained with Joe Bird but he was still like I feel like he was maybe it's been long enough since then or whatever but he thought that you know Tomac could be a top guy in a handful of months and there's just like there's no way. Yeah, I, I top like a top guy. Let's say top ten, and I'll give him eight months, and he'd be maybe a top ten. Yeah, uh, but that's just right. Their thing yeah, they I, they I kept agree. saying they kept saying top five, and if you look at no. the top five, where nope. Joel, Chad, Jeffrey, Thomas, and whoever you're gonna put fifth, you know, Janusa, yeah, Jan- yeah. I mean. There's no way somebody just hops into your level of racing. There's just no you way. Know, give him, no, give him all our resources. He takes my Phoenix Honda ride. He gives, I give him all the resources, shock testing, motor testing, everything that I'm available to. And you give us their factory ride, their machine, and you let us have one year on it. He will not, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to say we're, going to be a top level motocross rider okay because that i just don't think we're going to be able to go and be a a top 10 guy i just i just don't because 
I don't know how to ride a dirt bike good enough. I don't care if I have a year or not. And, and for them to say they can come and learn everything we've learned in 16 years in one year and come and be a top 10 guy. I'm sorry. It's just not, it's just not possible. I think I'm saying, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm saying you give me a year with someone's factory dirt bike ride and that's all I'm doing for a year. I'm running top 10 in two oh, oh, yeah. And two, yeah, 250s. Okay, 250s. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I'll get you. Okay. A, yeah, a yeah. year on a factory, like, I don't even have suspension on my dirt bike, and I still kick ass, I feel like. I mean, for the most part, like, I, I get head yeah, wobble yeah. and that, that <laughs> shit. But, like, I, I'm actually good at turning, and, like, the only thing I really need to figure out is the, the, the scrubbing. But, I mean, with a year, shit, I'd be able to figure that out, I feel like. Well, but see, they're thinking the same thing. But both with all of- that resources. With all the resources, with the big contract, we're talking money. I'm talking money. I'm talking everything. You're I'm talking, just talking resources. And, and but you're talking money too. You put that involved, and it's a whole different freaking ballgame. You know, I mean, we're talking pennies to to their dollar for what we yeah. make compared to what they make, and and that's where we said earlier are they willing to risk it? You know, for for what we got. I mean, I just don't think I don't think so either. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think resources. But yeah, but I I really I agree with you. I, I'm I was I was saying top ten four fifties, you know. Okay, yeah, I don't top think 10, that. Two, no, top ten two fifty. Yeah, I could be with you on that all day long with a factory yeah. ride. Like one year, you start January first. You show up Anaheim on January fourth next year, which I think that's what what the you know Anaheim one is. I believe, oh no no yes, no outdoor I, I outdoor guy. Outdoor, you're not talking super cross. Oh, Only no, no, no. I, I, I don't do death cross. We're, that's a, uh-uh. I'm with Phil, Phil <laughs> okay. Nicoletti on the death cross thing. I ain't messing with that bit. I'm strictly moto till I'm okay. done. Like, I'll mess around with some arena cross stuff, but I, uh-uh. All right, but either way, uh, one year, exactly. And I agree 110% that we could go with that, without those resources. Yes, 110%. outdoor, two fifty top 10 outdoor MX with one year of resources that they could give us and vice versa. I don't think they could finish top 10 if we gave them ours. And I think we could if, if they gave us theirs. See, and where I fall on this is you two both being top five, clearly pro ATV guys, you have the talent that they're talking about when Steve thinks that the top level dirt bike guys, pro supercross, pro motocross have the talent to just be badass at everything including switching to quads you two both fall in the category of having so much natural talent that you could be good dirt bike guys like jeff jeffrey maybe isn't quite on board with this but joel is saying give him a year and he is going to be he will bet on himself to be a top 10 250 outdoor guy well that's I'm because, on board now with okay. the 250 outdoor we need to okay. be more specific okay. i was talking 450 okay. okay i'm talking 450 me personally absolutely not joel hayes i think he agrees absolutely not those guys are like us okay yeah, those guys they're, are veterans they're they're i mean years and years of experience yeah. and, and it's not just the go fast it's about about i mean it's it's about technique it's about so much more you could go fast yeah. hey they might be able to go out there and hang it on a limb for one lap all right but how are they going to be efficient for 25 minutes i mean I, you know it's just there's just like us are we going to yeah. be able to go efficient on 35 minutes there's so many different aspects to look at you know it's like yeah, man, yeah the only reason i agree I'm, that i think that we could go 250 outdoor with one year and finish top 10 top yeah. of 450 that's like saying they could go in pro am after one year, 
which would be in a two class for us, and they could finish. They could finish top ten all day long, just like we could in two fifties. I believe that one hundred and ten percent. I could agree with that. Yeah, you come to us, you try to race us. No, it's not gonna happen. And so vice versa, we're gonna go race them, and we're not gonna be able to do it. I mean, it's full. I didn't know. I know it. We will be good, but we won't be good enough. Yeah, and I loved that. That again, like Phil was totally on board with how gnarly you guys are, how gnarly the four wheeler would be to ride compared to a bike. He was totally not on board with the idea of a top pro bike guy getting on a quad and just picking it up. So, okay. So when you think of dirt bike guys and you think of somebody that's crazy, naturally talented, can do anything like they'll pick it up like nothing. They're good at everything. Okay. Travis Pastrana. Yes. In, 2000, in 2005, my dad had a pro-am rider that rode for him. His name was Corey Gauthier. And they were, he was training in Florida at, he was riding at Croom. And maybe you guys have been there. You probably have. Yep. Open riding sand area. Guy yep. is ripping through the trees. You can hear somebody on a two-stroke riding this, like a 250 as fast as it will go comes flying out of the woods it's travis pastrana pulls up next to the quad says hey can i ride that thing sure Corey says sure ride it travis rides it for like 30 seconds comes off says he can't feel his arms man you guys are gnarly i don't know how you ride those things dude can ride anything can jump anything i just saw a video on on facebook not that long ago of him showing up at a quad wars thing and backflipping yeah. or monster jam backflipping a quad like he can jump anything but it, it, unreal but the fact that he could not ride a four-wheeler was like i don't know how you guys do it kind of is a little telling as to how gnarly a quad can be versus like There's, the sensation you get from riding a dirt bike yeah. Yeah. I think honestly the fastest bike guy that I've seen ride a, a quad so far is McGrath and that on that Banshee and that one video that goes around all the time. I swear right. he's ripping. Yeah, he like, is. He was, well. And he makes a good point. And I'd like to make, I like to make this point too. It, for, for a dirt bike racer to get on a quad is what McGrath says. He's a dirt bike racer. He gets on the quad and it's fun for him because he doesn't know how to do it. It's yeah. challenging. For me, I enjoy the dirt bike as well because of that reason. On a four-wheeler right now at our level, as vice versa to a dirt biker at that level, it is so small, so minute changes that make us go faster that we don't see them sometimes. You know what I mean? But when you start out on something, for instance, me or Joel get on a dirt bike right now, we have so much to learn. There's so much to learn, and we enjoy that side of it because it's new. You know, and I think that's where these guys like, oh, screw that. I don't want a quad. It's like, well, I think they would enjoy it if they, if they rode it because it gives them a challenge. Like dirt bikes, a challenge for me to ride. Don't think we're ever thinking saying that it's easy to ride. I don't think it's easy to ride in, in an aspect. Yeah. I mean, it, they're difficult, but we're able to do it. You know, I'm not saying I'm, uh, you know, I can go out and just shred it. Like I'm insane. I'm decent. Right. You know, I yeah, can, I can, I can, I can accomplish things that I like we we're saying that they couldn't do on a four wheeler. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're as having we... fun flowing, you know, and, and yeah. but that's just... where McGrath said that. And I was like, man, that is so cool because it's true. That's why I ride a dirt bike. I ride a dirt bike because it's new and it's, it's like a breath of fresh air. 
Yeah. It's like, oh man, this is awesome. I'm doing what I love, but on a different machine. And it's like a whole new learning curve. And I love to learn new stuff, you know? And I think that's where a dirt bike comes in and where they, they shouldn't look at it like that. Like how McGrath said it. He's like, yeah. I love this thing. And on that video, because you're exactly right, like that challenge is what you kind of enjoy as a competitor. Like you're not super good at it. You're trying to figure it out. And on that video, he even says like, Doug Goss, like those guys are badass, you know? Yep, he sure does. So in, in, I guess, as you kind of go down the list of kind of debunking the theories that they talked about on the Pulp Show Monday night, and they were kind of trying to say like, again, Steve's belief isn't anti-quad, it's that bike guys top level bike guys are so badass that they're capable of anything so you so then they talked about how ryan sipes went to tt and gncc and is doing well like flat track doing well at stuff like that john michelle bale went from being a top level in the world dirt bike guy to being a moto gp guy and doing well like yes they are badass but going from moto to flat track moto to cross country even moto to road racing it's still like a motorcycle. It's still motorcycle to motorcycle, two wheels to two wheels. When we're talking about two wheels to four, like, okay, look at Ricky Carmichael. He goes from dirt bikes to NASCAR, gives it up. Cause it's like, it's tougher than he thought it was going to be. So then, so I would almost consider it as kind of similar to that. Honestly, like it's like, it's not the same as dirt bikes and it actually might even be harder than going from a motorcycle dirt bikes to a car because your eyes are still going to see things on a motocross track that are like on a dirt bike. You'd be like, Oh yeah, I can jump that, but, or do or navigate that or whatever. But then all of a sudden you're on a quad and it's like ass backwards. Like you can't do it the same way. Like you come up to a face, you come up to a face and you think it's going to be no problem. And then oh shit like it's not level like the face isn't perfectly level and oh now what do i do yeah the quads and doing sideways yeah and the thing with the cars like thing with the cars is i mean i that's a hard comparison to a quad as well i mean you know you have say travis i mean just like you said that is a bad dude in a subaru i mean he's insane all right but like you said you just said that you guys are insane on how you ride a quad it's completely different in a car I mean, I mean, it really is the suspension, how it reacts, everything you're hitting a kicker, you're coming in, that right. car's not reacting like a quad would react. Right. Okay. I mean, it's just, and not- I guess, yeah. And where I was going with that was, so a dirt bike is nothing like a car. Like you're taking almost nothing from motorcycle racing to car racing. I guess that's how I was, was comparing it. Like, yep. like other than maybe a little racecraft mindset, you wouldn't be taking anything from motorcycle dirt bike racing to atv racing only thing i think you would take is i think that us, us top level guys have is like the no fear the 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 we have the no fear to go fast the regardless yeah yes the competitive but like what well, i don't i personally don't have a fear like when i get on the dirt bike i'm not i'm not I'm like scared to go fast and scared to wreck like i'm not scared of that where where you know I feel like we get that from being in an open cage and you go to that closed cage and it's a whole different ball game because you got to have that nature in a, in, in two wheels as well. You got to have that no fear. Like, like, I mean, it's, it's a different mindset to me. A lot of people are scared and you know, you get that from moto where you don't have any production and you could go to that car. We got a roll cage. Like you can flip this thing 27 times, dude, and you're going to be fine. Are you kidding me? Like that's where I think you can carry over 
and do well in that in in a in that aspect it, it, as same way as if they went to a four-wheeler i think they don't have the fear of going fast but it's all about technique from there you know i think you have to have that mindset though in anything you go to you know professionally wise i think if you don't have that then yes you would you would struggle in 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 you know you would struggle i mean period absolutely and i think that would help you know so, going to a car side of things but yeah. that's with a steering wheel and a roll cage like i'm saying but you're yeah i think that fear would be in set in them if they got to run a quad with no roll cage and this thing's bucking them side to side and they're going to have jump faces sideways exactly. that's my personal opinion i just think it's you know like each got comparable car to a four-wheeler once again just because that's four wheels i don't think it's comparable i really don't so could we ever set up this deal with justin brayton oh yeah i i would think so i mean He's at club regularly almost, um, well, before Corona, he was almost there every day, which we were too, training and camping. Um, I talked to his mechanic in the gym multiple times. I've not talked to Justin, but I like said, hey, to him, Carly's actually talked to him more than me by accident, I think. She didn't even know who he was. I'm okay. like, seriously, you just like had a full-blown conversation, but I, I definitely think it's possible. David Eller, our team uh, owner of Phoenix, is pretty – pretty good friends with Justin too. And with the Honda ties, I think it's definitely, definitely possible. Unless, you know, I don't know if he's going to want to do it, but um, I don't think know. he will. I don't think no. he would want to be the guinea pig to maybe if he was going to look bad, he doesn't want to be that guy. Well, one last teaser for, uh, for the, the privateer Island life podcast with Phil. He said there was no chance he was partaking in that because he was not going to be the guy to fail the uh, bike community. Yeah, so. that's what's gonna happen. I mean, you you could pick any guy. You could pick their most you know crazy reckless rider. It's gonna hang it all out. That's fine. It doesn't. It ain't gonna take much for, you know, for the times to be beat. I can tell you that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we we take Joel every single time. If that's because that's the comparison that they were making was Brayton to Joel, and uh, I I it's a no brainer. Um, in my guy. And again, like I'm a pulp guy, big pulp fan. I didn't, you know, I, we're not blasting him. Like they were cool to give us all the clips to, to, oh, you yeah. know, to include on our stuff here. But, uh, I mean, there's just no way like a top no, ATV pro will be better than the bike top bike guy every single time. Yeah. Yep. And at the end of the day, this is, you know, like you said, we're not hating on anyone. There's no hate towards us. You know, it, it seemed like a little bit, but it's from, you know, other situations that I feel like caused race tempers for him to get irritated in the first place. Right. But um, at the end of the day, it's two different things. This is for us. It's super fun to talk about. I'm having, you know, I just talking about Phil riding the quad and what he said about the quad stuff is super cool to me. And it's fun to talk about this. And, you know, now we have this little thing in the air, like, hey, can we get Justin Brayton to ride, you know, my four-wheeler? That's, that's awesome. And if we can keep this going and, you know, keep the camaraderie and everything, you know, just keep amplifying it. And, uh, you know, this could be really good for, for us. And everyone have a, a good time and some laughs doing it. Yeah, you know what? I, I, we talked about this before we hit record on this thing, but if we could use this situation as a kind of springboard for good exposure for ATV racing, and I was even getting messages from people that their opinion kind of changed at first. They're like, oh, you know, this, what a bad look for quads. And by the end of it, they're like, after listening to Phil, they're like, man, Phil for president, this is the great <laughs> exposure. Like he's, you know, he's talking up the quads. So again, yeah. like, 
you know um yeah kudos Hurts, to phil too phil exactly. we appreciate you dude like I, I think that was a big turning point i think our conversation would be at a lot different spot if he didn't say oh, we'd things. be in a bad spot we'd be in a bad yeah, spot like, if he didn't say what i, he I think like me personally like what what the conversation was with Steve and and the guest and the guest on the show, I think that I think we've been in a really bad. I think I'd be kind of more angry and maybe even like Joel and even maybe you know Cody like like not angry but just disappointed that we had to come on here and talk about it without anybody from that side backing us up. Like you know what I mean? Like I felt like we had been alone in this thing and our conversation would have went elsewhere if if he didn't say that we had like dude absolutely not that's not possible we still have the steve and and other people in in that industry that think that we like no absolutely not like we are that, that, that we are that's yeah, what i think what, if, if it wasn't for phil and thank you phil for this if you ever hear this thank you for backing us up on that because i think you're the only 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 valuable asset that we had and you <laughs> happened to break me and it had to be perfect it happened to work out like you know he happened yeah. to be talking to phil and he just so happened to ride your machine. Like, you know, know, he didn't that know did he really work out. You know, like, that's why we're looking at He the set himself up it. to fail. Yeah. Steve yep. did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep, he did. Yep. So, so, I just think it's really cool that, you know, he's coming – like, Phil's coming on and he has – he vouched for us. Like, man, we're, those guys are serious. Like, I rode that thing absolutely not. Not happy. I hate I it. I mean, that was it's really cool to hear that from such a prestigious guy in that sport. I mean, Phil's a bad dude. I always, I always remember, you know, hearing Filthy Phil. I mean, the dude's Bro. a really, really good rider. And for him to get on that thing and be like, dude, you guys can have that. I'm out. Yeah. That helped yeah. us in, in, in that looks of, of everyone, the MX guys as well. Like, not just us, you know. But, I mean, the MX guys are like, dang, Phil's like saying these guys are bad dudes. Like, he's a bad dude. So, these guys must be bad dudes. So, <laughs> um, like I said, just thanks to Phil, like, for sticking up for us, you know, and I think it works out to where, where like our last podcast, Cody, I was talking about all positivity. Like that's what I'm trying to surround myself with. And with listening to the podcast of that negativity towards our sport really riled me up. But then I looked at it to the positive side and look where we're at right now. We're here talking about it. Um, the Pulp Show talked about quads and would it have happened if that particular, you know, the particular guest didn't call in that none of us also would have done and it wouldn't have been a talk about quads at all. Yep. So I think now that we're able to kind of um, hold our own here and kind of talk about it ourselves and kind of get this next, like the next step to this conversation, cause they had their step, you know, and they had Phil and now it's our side. So I think that we're going to have a lot of positivity come out of that for our sport, for us. Um, you know, and I think it's going to be a lot more mutual or it could go the other way, but I think it's going to go, I think it's going to go really good for, for the sport, you know, to have this, honestly, like Absolutely. we were saying before, I think it's going to be, it's going to end up being positive when it could have been very well a negative. Absolutely. Again, like top level guys, bikes and quads have respect for each other. You know, Steve opinionated guy, like he even, and he, and he wasn't trying to hate. He just said, he's not, a, not a quad guy, but he thinks the bike guys are that badass. but you know, Phil, nothing but respect for the quads jt who's a fly guy like you know you guys know like he's got a lot of stake in quad racing 
Paul yep. Parabinos, who is a super big name guy, won a championship with Dean Wilson, was a PC mechanic, what, all these things. He's the Renthal guy now. He treats me like royalty and all the other Renthal, and Renthal guys like royalty. Like he treat, like he wasn't, you could tell, like he was the one guy that wasn't going to say anything anti-quad on the show. And then, I mean, you go back, like we talked about this earlier, but when we go back to Ironman last year, and Eli's watching the quad races. Dylan Ferrandis, I was told, watched your guys' races and never missed a beat, never looked away. Freddie Noren hanging off the fence cheering for Joel. AC and Nick Way stood there and watched the entire moto, were totally zoned in on what was happening. Like, the top guys, they, they get it. And Phil just got out there and went to bat for the top ATV guys. Yeah, absolutely. And which I, I, I think I have a funny story or like a, a good story about actually a Soaring Eagle when Ken Roxon was sponsored by him. When we had the event at Soaring Eagle, I won, I won the event. I think it was in 2015. Um, the same year Roxon had, you know, the, the GoPro with Joel, but we were at Soaring Eagle and Soaring Eagle had him come there to be a guest, you know, cause he's Ken Roxon. And this is how cool. I mean, the top bike guy is I'm, I roll in the casino that night and um, he's like, are you the quad one? I'm like, oh yeah, hey, what's up, deal? We're sitting at a we're sitting at a blackjack table, and there's no joke. I mean, it, he was off season. I just got done winning winning my like first race ever. All right, we're we're freaking we're clinging glasses, dude. Freaking knocking back cocktails together at the blackjack table. We go like it's just it's it's funny because I never brought up racing at all. So we were just two fuck two two people. And it was so cool because he respected me. I respected him. We didn't even say anything about racing. Then we went to the bathroom. I didn't even know he was in there. I went to take a piss. He's like, hey, what's up? We freaking high-fiving at the urinal. The dude's a cool dude. These guys, you know, these guys respect us. They don't, there's no, you know, these top guys do. You know, that's where, that's where we're at. And that's just a funny story that I had that me and Kenny were getting drunk together. You know, I shouldn't be saying <laughs> it, but I just won my race. He's out here freaking off-season. We were out there cleaning glasses at a blackjack table, starting and go freaking partying. It was that's, just like that's cool though, because it's like he was in that moment in time. It was like he was almost looking at you at the same level he is at. That's what you're yeah, getting. Yeah, we neither one of us like he said you're the one that won. I was like, yeah, man. And he's like, oh, good job, you know. And and uh, I had a big beard. Like I think it was honestly like yours, Cody. Like actually, maybe it was ridiculous for me. Sure. Like yeah. my it was just way it wasn't groomed. Not anyways. Like dude, it's like I wish I could grow a beard like that. My face. <laughs> It just doesn't work, bro. He's like, this thing, I shave it because it doesn't grow. It was just like, but it was just cool to relate to somebody. But we never talked about racing. You know, we never went to the, we never went there because we didn't need to. We didn't oh. need to go there. He was like, you're fast on four-wheeler. I was like, you're fast on dirt bike. Boom. That's that. Done. Yeah. We had fun. We, we freaking, it was like, it was like I, know the guy, I knew the guy for a long time, how we kind of like hit it off. I never talked to him since. I don't, he doesn't know me. I, you know, he wouldn't know me from from anybody but that night dude it was just cool that he wasn't like oh dude they're just quad guy oh, i'm getting out of here but there was you know, but there was mutual cool. respect there that's where you're going absolutely. with this yeah yeah absolutely and yeah. his trainer was even like dude like in the next day he's like oh dude our drinking buddy from last night or atb guy oh he's thinking he's like oh hey what's up dude and then i left it was like but it wasn't like that weird you know like like you know you're ken roxon and or you're a quad guy get out of here like it was just like we were mutual respectful boom had a good time left that was that and it was just really cool to have that as you know phil he's not i feel like as known as kenny you know here right now 
Yep. So to have that too is really, really awesome. You know, to just hit it off with somebody at the top of your sport, at the top of that sport, top of our sport, and never even batted an eye or, or ever even crossed our minds to talk about racing, which yep. was so cool. That's respect. You know what I mean? Like we didn't even need to. It's like I, I don't need to know nothing. You don't need none, nothing. That's it. It's which just have which, fun. That's that. right. Which I think is a is a perfect way, kind of, to tie a bow on all of this. Is that there's respect both ways, but you're both bad dudes. Like ATV guys, top ATV guys, top dirt bike guys are both bad dudes, but it's apples to oranges. It's yep, always yep. going to absolutely. be. Absolutely, absolutely. That's right. So absolutely. there's no there's no there's no comparing it. I mean, there's just yep. it's not you can all day. And now that we said that we think we can go finish top ten. In, in, in a 250 outdoor, it might start something. You know, it might rile everybody up. But that's just our honest opinions, though. That's just our honest opinions. And, and I would like to hear from Tomac, Roxon, um, any of the web, any of them, come on here and have – or on, not, on, not on a particular our podcast but or your podcast, Cody, but – or the Pulp Show or something like that. And somebody bring it up to one of those guys and see what they had to say. Because that's the top level of our sport right now. I'm not saying Phil is in the Canadian, you know, motocross right now, but he's not here. So I think with a little bit more, a little bit more of a prestigious rider here in the U.S., if they had something to say about it, like to see if they had to say, I think that would be cool to to be able to really relate. You know, that yeah. would be that would be the, the icing on the cake. It's just, it's just got, they just got to ride at first because that that opinion from Phil is so accurate because he rode the machine exactly yeah, we, when you were there. Yeah, you know, it yeah, was I like, watched the whole thing, so it's like there's, you know, he can't go to back and be like, ah, you know, I actually think I could do it. Like, no, I watched it. Like, you, you, don't, <laughs> yeah. you ain't pulling me, bro. Like, it, so it ain't it, gonna happen. And he like said to Steve, he's like, ah, I hate to break it to you, bro. Like, I, <laughs> I, I hate to like not agree with you on your own show, but there's no way. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really cool. I mean, he he could have easily easily been like oh yeah no problem yeah. you know i gained and a lot of like, respect for phil yeah, yeah it would have been like no problem that could have been easily i'd be like like one of us like people are gonna say oh well you guys are probably being like that with thinking you go to the 250 dirt bikes but man i'm we're being straight up that's just what we are our honest opinions are i mean that's yeah. just and, and phil gave you his i'm i'm you know i'm giving you mine and joel's giving you his it's just honest and you we you know we're not like we said it many times, not trying to be negative, but you can take it any way you want, guys. I mean, you can run with it. I just think it's a great topic conversation, and we're gonna we're gonna get a lot of a lot of feedback, and some of it may be negative. I think it's gonna be a lot of positive. I'm so stoked! Like I'm so it's happy. A, to, it's to it's be gonna be fun because just the same as you, like you have your your fans that watch you ride a dirt bike, and then local guys that watch you ride a dirt bike. Same with me. I know tons of people have seen me ride a dirt bike, so they're gonna listen. Or they're gonna hear these guys saying this and be like, "Joel's gonna beat him. Like he's yes. gonna win." I've watched. I've rode with him. Yeah, like, yep. I've rode oh, yeah, a lot of people. So absolutely, it, my buddy Chris. For another example, real quick before before he cut us off, my buddy Chris was a, like he sandbagged the C class in Minios back in 2008. Like he was the top B rider all day long. He went and won a championship. He should have been in B. He knows that. I know that. Whatever. We were just out riding for the first time. He's the first time he rode in. A dirt bike, okay. I mean, he rode a dirt bike for the first time in five years, six years. I was showing that boy, like, I was showing him up. He couldn't even, like, he wouldn't jump these jumps. I went out and burp, burp, burp. He's like, dude, oh, my God, I got to do those now. Like, but he was a really good rider back in the day. I mean, 
I mean, a top B rider at Minio's, I mean, that was the last time she was running. That's a fast dude. I mean, that's really yeah. fast, you know? And, and then he gets on my quad. He rides my quad around. He did not even think about getting those tires off the ground. He <laughs> said, nope. I'm like, dude. Uh, and I was like, dude, you got to hit this first double. I was like, dude, you got to hit this first double. It's 10 foot, dude. I could jump it on feet, you know? I'm like, you got to hit it. He, <laughs> there's a, and if you ever see videos, it's at this private track where there's a double, double, double section. It's pretty small. He hit the first one, and, boy, he locked up those brakes so fast. He said, absolutely not. I'm not jumping that next one. And the next one's only 15 foot. Like, they're tiny. He's like, no, nope, not getting these tires off the ground again. He freaking pulled off, shut it off, said, I have no desire. To ride that thing that's so funny and that's it's, just that's that's just a real comparison last week you know he's just like yeah absolutely not yeah so like i said i mean the respect goes the respect goes both ways but in my mind will forever be steve it'll be burned in there saying that tomac could could like no problem be a top guy and eli's a bad dude he's an amazing athlete. he's a, an amazing athlete but you could give him a year to nonstop prepare, and he's not going to be a top five ATV pro. He's not going to be that speed. There's no way. Because like no. I said before, and like I said on the wrap-up show, this is what I tr- – like, you can't go faster than you guys are going. You can't. Yeah. But, like, pick whoever you want. Top-tier ATV pro. You, Joel. You, Jeffrey. Chad. Thomas. Whoever you want to pick. They will be, you will be a better bike rider than the top, yeah, than any top pro bike guy will be a quad rider. Like, yeah. final argument, uh, stamp it, it. There's no yeah. doubt. Done. 100%. 100%. 100%. That's our, that's our argument. We're sticking to it. There you <laughs> go. There you go. So, before I let you guys go, um, let's talk about ATV racing, current ATV racing for one second. Like, what's going to happen? Like, what's your gut feeling? Do we go, do we go racing in May when they have, I guess that's basically our, our kind of amateur season opener, you know, your second round. Will we go racing by May 24th, 25th? You got a gut feeling on this? That's my birthday. Hey, that's my birthday. And we are racing. That is going to be, that's going to be, that's going to, I feel as if it's going to kind of be right on edge. Exactly. Yep. I really do. I think it's going to be right on edge, but I have faith that my, my like my birthday is going to allow me to race. On it's going to pull it through. It's going to pull through yeah. for everyone. Your birthday. That's what I'm thinking. I felt right like it's edge. getting better. Like, I feel like it's gradually getting better to the point where, you know, it's going to open back up because eventually, you know, it's already affecting people so badly, you know, that they got to go to work. Same for us. We got to go to racing. We have contracts that, we have to fulfill like we we need to go back racing soon and we do not want to lose any rounds of course so you know we got them rescheduled as of now which is great and but my gut feeling is we will be racing in 2020 um i really hope iron man is next on the list i think so too i i i have no doubt in my mind that we're going to go racing and like you said and harv was harping on this when we had him kind of come on and, and address the situation as he said like the one positive is that no races have been canceled everything yeah. has been yep. has been postponed like we're like same full schedule just a little bit tweaking of of time frame yeah um, and, and, and for for me personally i like it yeah because 
for every year. No, I'm saying like the schedule change. Yep. Because every year it's the same thing. We go these tracks the same. I have like I have tracks I'm good at and I'm tracks I'm bad at, and I feel like this this throwing I don't know like I think throwing races in a different area which people can say what they want, but I think it would be a closer championship battle to because of the races, how they're mixed up differently. If they can mix them all up, like do a Scrabble and then uh, like, you know, on the internet or something and then pick a schedule every year, I think that would be awesome because I think every year you see almost the same thing because the tracks are in the same exact order. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of thing. Like if Joel's say, say we went to Texas and Joel's really strong at Texas and he, you know, he goes and wins and now he's got uh, a 15 point lead going in, to the next round and Chad's there and then he, gets, he shrinks it. And then Joel, it, it seems like every year it's kind of like that. So now that they kind of, I don't know, through those other races at the end, we're going straight to Ironman after Daytona. I think that's wicked cool. I really do. I think that will mix up the racing better. My personal opinion, because from track to track, we all vary. So if you want to change something, we change you now it kind of made us change the races and it changes the racing. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, you're you're totally onto something. Like we I'd said it on an earlier podcast where, you know, the the um schedule really like lends itself to some certain people, you know, like the order of racing. So maybe it will mix it up. I mean, you, you have never us, know, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You go to some tracks at some different times of the year and and uh yeah, I mean it going to be different it's going to be different for yeah. sure i'm totally on board with what you said that uh jeffrey that it's going to be on the line um yeah. but the and one like the- now our first our first round's iron man yeah when is our, like i'm not saying because we already raced daytona but yeah. it's been so long we're showing up instead of our for, say our first round being daytona it's technically now iron man <laughs> i mean we're gonna go we're going iron man with a blank slate almost because it's been so long since you raced we're gonna show up there like you know, like Daytona is. So we're going to be like we're chomping at the bit. We're all going to be like, let's like let's race, and that's going to be a whole different ball game to start the year out. Te- you know, and, you know, technically, at Ironman instead of Daytona. Now I feel like because we're all going to be chomping at the bit. We're all going straight outdoors instead of starting Daytona and then going outdoors. Almost, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel with like a it's fresh two month start or whatever we have before yeah, Ironman. I feel it's like, like it's going to be an outdoor motocross series now because we just like. It's like, let's do a Supercross race, you know, two months, three months before this this race. You know what I mean? I, it's just going to completely change the whole aspect of the, of the series, I feel like. No, and you're we're right. We're going to get better weather, too, so that's actually going to be really yes. nice. That's what I'm saying. There's so many variables, and, you know, we can go to Ironman, and, and so many can pull away. You're really good there, Joel, and I don't like it, but I'm also <laughs> really good there. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I've been good there a lot, so, like, I'm just chomping at the bit to go there for the first round because yeah. you get say say I go in and beat you. I'm just hypothetical, and I come out and I I'm I'm gonna be on an all time high because I went to Ironman. I've been good there. I started the season that way, and then it'll carry it could carry through the whole season by me getting that win at Ironman. And then in the normal series, it would have came in the fourth round, and I already you know what I'm saying like, and I've already been out because I I didn't do good the first three per se. That's just hypothetical, you know, but it could change a lot of stuff. I really do. I really think that. You know, and, and, and the and, one thing too is everybody is going to be so damn grateful whenever it is that we get to go racing. Like yep. everybody's appreciation for it is going to be unlike ever before. I agree 100%. Yeah. I feel like it's good. Like I said, the negativity of this has it, 
it, get, it could easily look at the negative that COVID-19 has brought, but look at the positive that now it's like everybody kind of does kind of, well, why don't we change the schedule? Like a lot of people say that and it just never happens. Well, here we are. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, look at the positive of it. Well, I mean, the series is, you know, the schedule is changed, you know, it might be a little later in the year and people might be upset about that, but I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to make the racing better. Absolutely. I think, like I said, I think it, it, we are going to be on the line as to if a Crawfordsville Ironman is the race that we get to go back going or not. The one thing that might help us is it seemed at, at, um, in Indiana, like it started to, it started early there. So I think that there's a chance that they kind of move past this, um, sooner than maybe other places. Like, uh, this was the first week where you kind of started to see things, maybe like a light at the end of the tunnel and then it might just be hopeful but um even like major league baseball is talking about hopefully trying to start to do their spring training thing again in mid-may and when i heard that i'm like oh mid-may like there might be yeah we're in like there might be a chance so um so yeah i mean i think like I said, I think everybody's going to be grateful and I just can't wait um, to get out there, go racing. Like you said, the weather should be good because we always have some cold, muddy, rainy early season. Yeah. Races. That shouldn't be a problem now. And uh, like I said, I just can't wait to go racing. But, uh, you know, like I said, um, just to just again to tie a bow on all this, nothing but respect. I want to thank obviously the pulp guys for giving us some content. They gave us some good stuff to talk about. They were cool to us about it, but like I said, nothing, nothing but respect bad dudes across the board, but it's apples to oranges guys. It's apples to oranges. Yes, sir. That's right. Yeah. Well guys, this has been great. Like you two were the, were the two that were going to be perfect to come on and do this. I can't thank you enough for your time and for debating this with me. And, uh, you know, you guys are always welcome here. So just stay safe, stay, uh, stay healthy and, and, and come back soon so we can do this again. For sure. Thank you. Definitely glad to be a part of this one. It was really fun. Uh, super good topics. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to have more to talk about very soon. Yeah. I feel, I feel like we're going to be back on next week, Cody, because everybody's going to be asking more questions. Yeah, yeah, well, it's good, good but, content, and I'm so grateful that you guys uh, wanted to be a part of it. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah we thank appreciate you very you, much. Cody and, yeah. Go ahead, Joel. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say thank you very much. I'm super you know, glad to be back on. And like I said, I'm not a huge podcast guy, but I'm getting the hang of it. And I'm start, now I'm going to start to listen a little bit more of my guests. My name's getting tossed around a little bit more than uh, normal. So, you know, I just want to you know, keep on top of that and, you know, keep up with everything and um, yeah, definitely. Whenever you're doing another one, give me a call. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Cody, man. We really appreciate it, and we really appreciate you doing this podcast, man. It's, uh, I think it's huge for the sport, and uh, especially this topic is going to be a real, real game changer for us, I believe. So, um, yeah, thank you, man. And then Dallas back there, um, you know, doing all the work behind the scenes, and um, you know, you as well, doing all those hours, hours of, uh, hours of research and you know, things like that, putting this all together, man, it means a lot, you know, it made our lives a lot easier. We just came on here and talked racing, man. That's what we like to do. I think me and Joel, man, I was on the phone with them earlier today talking, you know, a racing for 20 minutes, just like, you know, completely off topic of this. So was, everybody, uh, everybody needs their fix. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's so right. really, we enjoy, I enjoy the crap out of it, man. I'll sit here and talk to you. I mean, it's nine o'clock. I can sit, I can sit here for much longer. I'm like really enjoying myself. So yeah, appreciate you guys, man. And Joel, thanks for your, Thanks for uh, bullcrapping with us, and we had a good time, man. Thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, more more ATV content than ever before. I love it. Thanks so much, guys. Yep. Thanks, yep. Jody. Thanks, dude. Man, those guys are so cool. So as we referenced, the Pulp Guys do a wrap-up show reviewing what happened on Monday nights, and I was invited on as the voice of ATV Racing. Here's that clip. Enjoy. All right, boys, we're back for a little uh, bonus content on the quad segment. I want to introduce first, uh, let's see, he is a three-time ATV MX national champion. He is a former ATV Derby Pro World Champion, 2019 ATV MX National Champion, the Plus 25, and 2014 AMA ATV Pro Rookie of the Year, Cody Jansen. What's up, dude? What's going on, Dark Side? Oh, not a lot, man. We, uh, we're going to talk some quad stuff here from the Pulp Show Monday night. Um, typically, I just do the two guests, but you got yourself and uh, my next guest, Mr. Jim Vidmar, reached out to me Monday night. Jim, how are you doing, man? I'm good, Dark Side. How are you? I'm doing good. I don't have a resume for you. I don't know. You could be a national champion as well. Um, I don't have that information if you are. But uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this. So, obviously, it was funny. It was fun. Steve got wound up. Cody, I'm going to go with you first. What are your thoughts on Hammy and uh, how Steve handled him? You know, Steve got, like I said, Steve got a little uh, – he, he went on a race tech rant and said that, you know, quad guys are uh, – failed motocrossers failed dirt bike riders give me your overall thoughts on the topic on the subject and on, on hammy yeah i mean hammy the thing is, is hammy knows what he's talking about um he just he just he came in a little tuned up you know it wasn't in good good position you know good condition because hammy uh hammy's a former pro himself he's a former rookie of the year like he knows what he's talking about but he wasn't able to articulate what he was talking about so um yeah, to have him call in a few times, I think it was a little, like, cringeworthy. But, uh, yeah, Steve took it like a champ, and, and I think it's even worth pointing out, honestly, that Steve wasn't hating on quads. I mean, him and I even messaged back and forth a little bit about it today, and he just wanted to reiterate, like, there's no issue with quads, nothing like that. It's just that, uh, yeah, uh, quad guys are failed dirt bike guys, and, and that in, its fact, in itself isn't true, I don't think. but. Um, you know, I think that Steve is underestimating how difficult ATV racing is. Okay. Um, so I just, like I said, I just had Andy Gregg on and um, Chris Riesenberg from Race Tech, and we were talking about that just a little bit, Jim, and I'll get your, your thoughts here in just a second. Uh, he, he said he went and kind of, or Chris, I think it was, went and looked up some of the, the stuff about Redbud that year that Hammy was talking about. And track prep was quite a bit different, apparently. It was a little, you know, smoother maybe. Um, do you, when, when Hammy says, oh man, I was within a, you know, a few tenths or a few seconds or whatever it was of Brayton, how realistic is that? I mean, how comparative would you say that is? So, I mean, yes, obviously there is going to be different track prep because having hundreds of quads on a track is going to make it different. And obviously having all these bikes and it's going to get bike rotted and all these things like, yeah, track conditions are going to be different. But if you have red bud quad preps where it's, you know, it's blue grooves in some spots, it's fast in, in some spots where, you know, you can kind of bomb the corners and stuff like that. Like if you put blue groove out there, quad prep, they're going to run away from the bikes. And then if you, and then if you have bike ruts, obviously the bike guys are going to have an advantage. So if you go somewhere in between, like I know that there's a video out there on YouTube of Ken Roxton and Joel Hetrick from 2015, like at Red 
their helmet cams on, like Joel Hattrick and, and, and Kenny are pretty close. Like, I think actually Joel ends up like running the faster lap time. So, I mean, I just wish that Hammy could have been able to articulate what he was trying to say. Cause he's not even trying to, you know, um, he's not trying to compare himself to uh, JB. It's just that like on that day, on that track, he could run that lap time, you know? Yeah. Uh, Jim. So uh, yeah, that, I think, Hammy saying so many times over and over, well, my, my, t- my times were close was what was kind of, one, it was entertaining as a listener. It was funny, but Steve was kind of like getting, you know, he was over it pretty quick, I think, with Hammy. Um, but what did you think of, uh, while, while he, Hammy was busting balls with JT, and JT said basically, as a joke, I'm sure, but it doesn't take much, it doesn't take any talent to ride a quad. <laughs> That's for you, Jim. You know, I think that uh, JT... And everybody on the call made some, some good points. And I think JT was very complimentary of the quads. And I think JT got turned off about, kind of like Cody said, the way that Hammy came in so hot right from the beginning. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest thing with JT. I think I agree with Cody also that I think Hammy couldn't articulate exactly his point, um, which as a quad guy I got that with the right conditions – the quads can run competitive times with the bike, but I think Steve and everyone was kind of missing that based on the way that Hammy was putting it out, and the fact that Hammy was uh, a little bit maybe intoxicated also <laughs> maybe maybe contributed to that. It certainly made for an interesting call and a lot of entertainment, and I think I appreciated you know at one point Chris gave a shout out to the quads call several times to for the quad guys. So I think all in all, everybody was pretty pretty respectful of the quads and had some good things to say. I think that the conversation just got off on the wrong foot when Hammy came in. Yeah. Not right at the beginning of JT. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, again, for the show, for the content of Pulp MX, which what you know, which pretty much is what the show is about, it was it was good. There was a few people um, online that were kind of busting on it. They didn't want to hear about it, but I found it very entertaining. I laughed numerous times. So. Uh, Cody as just as content, whether Steve you know means it you know that there that whether he really believes uh, you know Eli Tomac could be leading a you know be a top five guy in quad nationals in four months or not whether he believes that or not it was an extremely entertaining uh, segment and I probably will go back and listen to it again. It was I mean I've honestly I've listened to it a few times it's like I said it's cringeworthy when Hammy you know, kind of trying to say what he's saying. And, and I'm like, Oh, I'm like, I, I, I can't, it's hard to listen to some of it, but um, you know, JP is obviously going to bat somewhat for the quads because Fly has so much, uh, you know, market share of the quad market, Paul, who Paul at Renthal and, and he's my Renthal guy, he's Chad Reedens Renthal guy. Like he, you know, he's and not anti-quad by any means, but um, again, like, this is a this is a, a good talking point for the downtime that we have right now. But um, you know, like th- there's just so many things. Like as a beginner, like they're onto something. I mean, as a beginner, it's easy to put around on a quad. It's easier to put around on a quad than it is on a bike. If you put a beginner rider on a quad versus getting them on a bike, but it is also true that it's harder to ride a quad fast than it's than it is to ride a bike fast. Like Steve said, like four tires means more stability, which is true. But four tires also means that 
you know, you're hitting more bumps, you're being affected by uneven faces, et cetera, et cetera. So like, it's just, it's so different. Um, and this is a, this is an argument that will exist until the end of time. But like whoever you pick from top level pros, ATVs, Joel Hattrick, Chad Weenan, Thomas Brown, Jeffrey Rochelle, it doesn't matter. I truly believe that they will be a better bike riders than any top bike guy putting them on a quad. Like Eli Tomek's a bad dude. Like Eli's a bad dude, obviously amazing athlete, all these things, but you could give him a year nonstop. And I truly believe this to prepare. And he's not going to be top five pro ATV speed because the top five pro ATV guys are riding those four wheelers as fast as they will physically go. And uh, I just, and, and the other thing too is like, fast bike guys have respect for fast quad guys and vice versa versa it's the goons um for lack of a better term that bash on each other and can't coexist and like alex ray talked about it filthy phil talked about it on the privateer island life podcast and he kind of basically said to steve he's like you're wrong um because phil would know because he's been training that club and that's where joel hetrick is the reigning pro champ and he said he rode Joel's quad a little bit, and he said there's no chance that one of those bike guys is going to get on that quad and, and be comparable. So, uh, again, great content. It was, like, awesome for us. Good for the quad community to be talking about this. Obviously, I wish Cammy wouldn't have been the way that he was for the quad community, but um, even just for me to be able to kind of be on your show, talk about quad stuff a little bit. And I, to be honest, because I'm the quad podcast guy, like I have hundreds and hundreds of messages from people about the pulp show. So, um, I mean, overall, like still, a, still good exposure for the quads. We're just trying to, uh, you know, kind of fix the dump dumpster fire that's going on and kind of right some wrongs from the other night, I guess. Yeah, I did forget to mention that you're the host of the Digging, De- Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys are, want to check that out, that would be really cool. Um, so I was going to ask you the question that you sort of just answered, but I want to ask James the same – or Jim, sorry, Jim the same question. Um, what do you think? you think it would be easier for a top-level motocross guy to go to quads and be competitive or vice versa? I think it would be easier for the level quad guy to go to a bike and be competitive. Um, I agree with Cody that it, there are so many more things that you have to take into account on the quad that you do on the bike. And, you know, I even take it one step further because I've been around this game long enough to race through wheelers, which is a little bit in one segment. And I even think it takes a better, took a better rider to go faster on the three wheelers back in the day than it does on a quad. Those and things are gnarly. I'm, were. I'm in complete agreement with Cody that I, I think if we did this challenge that Hannah brought up in the third call, and we had two or three top ATV guys and two or three top bike guys and did the flip-flop, I would I would put my money on the, the, the three quad guys being the fastest at the end. Okay. All right, last question. Um, with the, the Walker Fowler jersey thing, which Jim and I have talked about it, but I want to get your thoughts, Cody. Uh, look, I've said before on the rapid show for that episode, if I was a national champion at anything, I would, I would probably take my number one plate and wear it as a necklace. You know I mean? I'd be so proud, but that's a little bit of exaggeration. Obviously. What do you think? Is it cool to wear your Jersey, your, your personal Jersey out in public to an event? 
yeah, I can't I can't get on board with that. Um, not going to dog on Walker. Walker's killer athlete, amazing competitor, all these things. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, even me, like I'm not going to put my jersey on and wear it around. <laughs> yeah, um, I I can't even like wear you know my own my own apparel around only like my digging deep stuff is cool, but not my own like national championship stuff. Like I, I can't have a hard time wearing that, but uh, yeah, I mean, again, I don't want to dog on Walker, but uh, you're not going to find me wearing my, wearing my own stuff. It's actually like, that's one of those things with the ATVs. I hate that wearing your own Jersey is now associated with ATV guys, but, <laughs> right, uh, right, right. but I guess we, uh, I guess we'll take what we can get, I guess. Well, boys, I appreciate you coming on for a few minutes and uh, giving us a quick uh, your thoughts on the Pulp Show from Monday night from Quad Guys, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it, Dark Side. Thanks so much. Incredible content tonight. I think we were able to talk some sense into the ones listening and insert some knowledge into the debate. Again, we have to agree to disagree, but big thanks to Steve Mathis from Pulp MX for allowing us to use some clips, and thanks to Dark Side for having me on the wrap-up show. Major thanks to the champ, Joel Hetrick, for coming on, and Jeffrey Australia as well. You guys rock, and expect to hear the second half of our podcast with Jeffrey going over the early years of his racing career in the coming weeks. Thanks as well to my producer, my brother Dallas, who always finds time to fit the podcast into his busy schedule. Thanks, Dallas. Couldn't do it without you. Thanks to our sponsors, CST Tires, Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Forex Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Blender's Eyewear, Mountaineer Brand, Avocado Green Mattress, Roman Health, and Oats Overnight. Support the brands that support our show, and don't forget to use those codes to save. You can find all of our sponsor links and discount codes on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check them out today. And if you enjoy the show, we encourage you to donate via Patreon if it suits you. Simply visit our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, and click the Support on Patreon button. This contribution will help prompt continued growth and improvement of the show, and perks will be available to those who contribute, including hearing your name on the show. We greatly appreciate the support there. Another way to support us is by purchasing one of our new Digging Deep shirts. Available now in all sizes, purchase on our website today. They're only $25, and all proceeds will go directly towards constant growth and improvement of the show, and we appreciate all the people wanting to wear our shirts. They're selling like crazy, so we greatly appreciate it. And don't forget about your way to be a part of the show via our voicemail line. Do you have questions, topic suggestions, business inquiries, or something just to get off your chest? Call us and leave a voicemail anytime at 920-569-3519. That's 920-569-3519. We appreciate it. Thanks for that. And if you do leave us a voicemail, we will play it on the show. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for all additional behind-the-scenes content and breaking news during this crazy time. But for now, stay safe, stay healthy, social distance, and keep that support coming while we keep the fire content coming as well. We're about to eclipse a million downloads, and that milestone is all thanks to you. We'll keep providing content for your possible newfound downtime as high-quality content 
is more in demand than ever before. You know I love the screenshots showing that you're listening, so send those in, and I promise to keep sharing them. Again, subscribe to the show, give us a rating, tell your friends, share our posts, wear our shirts. It all helps spread word about us while growing the sport that we all love. And remember, the show is available to anyone and everyone at diggingdeepatvmx.com, where you can find all of our previous episodes, sponsor links, discount codes, shirts, and more all in one place. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Basically, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. With that, for Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rostrelli, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen, thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV racing, nearly a million downloads and counting. Until next time, thanks for joining us in Digging Deep with the Stars of ATV Motocross. watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then at Steel City. I, I would need to check this out. I, I, I'm dead serious. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. He's got more DNFs than James Stewart. See ya. Love ya. You don't look too up. big red, but what the? <laughs> like-